Welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode ha. 218. Ha. You don't My tell me what to do. No one tells me You're what to Ant. do. Ant's having a little Fucking bit of a pad. What you, what's wrong? You a... You're telling me to wait a second. He's I tamping away. I'm freaking it's tamping away. Um, Ant, this week I don't really have anything prepared as a quick game. Good, thank God. Jesus Christ. You waited but, um, 18 minutes last week. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, what we're going to do, we're going to play a quick game, because you're a big fan of Star Trek. This is you said no game. No, no, no. We're going to play a quick game. That's fucking a very, very quick game. All right. Uh... I'm going to ask you a name. So I'm going to give you a name. Mm. You got to tell me if it's real in uh, Star Wars or if it's fake in Star Wars. In Star Wars or Star Trek. Star Wars. No, oh. because you're a big fan of Star Trek, so it'd be too easy. Star oh, okay. Wars. All right. So we're gonna start. We're gonna start with everybody. I'm gonna give you a film, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a name. You tell the name Glup Shitto. Shush now. So episode two, Attack of the Clones. Everyone's favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm gonna give yeah, you a name. Yeah. Tell if it's real or fake. We can yeah. do two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cleeg. Yeah. Cleeg. Yeah. Cleeg. Cleeg. That's not a name. Yeah. Yeah. Cleeg spelled C L I E G G. What? Cleeg. The Attack of the Clones. Yep. Nah. No? Nah. It's real. Alright, next. Next one. Hmm. Alright. Okay. Veers. 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 Nah. V E R S. Nah. It is real. It was from the nah. Empire Strikes Back. You nah. call yourself a fan. No. It's no one called that. Okay. Alright, we're going to try episode one Phantom Menace. Oh. Second favourite film for most people. Yeah. Right, we're only going to do three films. Oh. So I'm just I'm just showing how how smart you are when it comes to Star Trek. None of these names are real. Amidala. Oh, Amidala. That's just, just the Queen Amidala. That's, that's Queen Amidala. Yeah, that was real. Padme that was Berry's like right. formal name. Like, when she's Next, Queen, Ponda. Ponda. Is that one of the pod racers from um, Burton Menace? Yeah, it was. It was one of the pod racers. No. Nope. It was the commentator. One of the two. No. Nope. Oh no, you're making it up. No, Ponda is actually a name from Star Wars episode. No, Star Wars nineteen seventy seven episode the first one. Oh, oh first one. Oh. Yeah, you made it up. Alright. So for everybody's final favourite Star Wars nonsense. movie. It's just a series of vowels. The Last Jedi. Yeah. This is your favourite, I know that that is a fact. You said you hate women and you love the last Jedi. No, that's the wrong way around. That... Oh, right, sorry. You love The Last Jedi and you hate women. That way around. No, because the people who hate The Last Jedi are the ones who hate women. They're... Oh, sorry, Rise of Skywalker. Okay. That's the incel movie. Sorry, yeah. sorry. All right, so... I mean, even they don't like it. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker, okay? I'm going to give you a name. Mm. You tell me if it's real mm. or if I'm mm. making it mm. up. It's not it's made up. Well, are you, if I'm making it up. Yeah, it's made up. Snap. Snap. That's not a name. That's just a sound. That's... No, but Snap is a name. Snap. Snap. No, that's not. It is real. It's in the Rise of, Rise of Skywalker. Right no. next. Who ready? is it? Who is it in Rise of Skywalker? I'll find out in a second for yeah, you. Yeah, you don't even know. Bliss. Bliss. No, that's not a name of any character in Star it's Wars. also a real character Star in Wars Rise character of names <laughs> are fucking like <laughs> me bog bag a bag Yeah, that's fucking... I'm going to get you a quick character bio for Bliss. Zori Bliss, played by... Oh, Zori Bliss. Oh, yeah. the fucking... Yeah, fucking... Well, yeah. Carrie Russell. Yeah, yeah, she's the one with the mask. 
female scoundrel who spent time in the thieves' quarter on the frigid planet of Kajimi during the war between the first door and the resistance. Oh, did you want the full name? Yeah, of course I want the full. Do you think that would help? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not a character called Bliss. Character called Zori Bliss. Fucking Jesus. Fuck's sake! I thought you'd know. Clearly, such a character. You're so Snap Wexley. Snap Wexley. Yeah, everyone knows Snap Wexley. (laughs) Is he played by? Who's he played by? You can guess this based on who directed the film. What, Snap, Snap Wexley? Snap, Snap Wexley. Is it Greg Gumbo? It's Greg Granny Grumbo! No, he's, in, he's in Force Awakens. Is he? Yes. Of course he's in Force Awakens. He's one of the pilots that attacks the, um, whatever the thing was called, the Starkiller. God damn, Oh, wait, is that one also a... Is that one also a... Jesus uh, fucking Christ. Didn't he, blow, he does, no, he didn't blow up, no. Is that also directed by the same guy? Yeah, J.J. Abrams. Oh, okay, yeah. He's not in Last Jedi. He's not in Last Jedi. No. But he is in Rise of Skywalker. The Incel movie. Adrian Edmondson's in Last Jedi. Yes, he is. He's a, he's a Nazi. Yeah. Or as they're calling that, The Empire. Mm. The Empire of the Nazis, Anne. Who would have thought in a film made by a person who's quite racist with his naming conventions? Anyway, Anne, your review. What well, Should we talk about what we do here? After the fun game, sorry, I jumped yeah, straight to the game. I was so excited, I jumped straight to the game. Is it a fun game? It was a fun game. You got no answers right, so it's fun for me. Mm-hmm. Yay! Uh, we review shit, don't we? We just review stuff. Usually we review stuff, and I I throw in like a I mean, sprinkling. You know who Dexter Jetster is, but you don't know. Who I Dexter I throw in a sprinkling of like you oh, know shit. just coloured commentary about political. What word was that? Racist. Coloured commentary. Racist. Anyway, Ant, you're first this week, so why don't you review something? Um, I'm too busy looking at pictures of rock lords. Come on, you. Review a thing. they got these ones that have fur on them. Why do rock have fur on it? It'd be moss. Because they're like, um, they're other creatures that just, well, they need to pad out the line a bit. They, it was the AEs, man. You had to have a new toys out. Were rock, were rock lords GoBots? Um, yeah, sort of. They were tied into the GoBots line. Because um, they ran out of GoBots to release, so they had to do something. Go rock yourself. There's a film, isn't there? Challenge of the Rock Lords. The, what? The movie, the GoBots movie, is the one where the Rock Lords turn up. Shut the fuck up, I'm looking at this. Yeah. So right, go on, your thing, do your thing. Great cast of actors in that movie as well. I think, um... Someone's in it. Review your fucking thing! What? Review your thing! Oh, I watched Across the Spider-Verse. How was that? It's alright. Who's your favourite character? My favourite my favorite character, Spider-Man. Which one? One of them. Any of them. The, the Spider-Man one. Not just called Spider-Man. The white Spider-Man is what you're going to say. Yeah, you're fucking yeah, racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look who's racist now, you brick! Yeah. yeah. But this this one's woke. Is it? Yeah, because it's got girl ones in it. Right. And they got pregnant one. Is that what one. people are saying? Yeah. People, people inferred because there's a lot of pastel blue and pink shades used in Gwen's world that Gwen might be trans. No. But, um... No. I mean, the story is about acceptance and stuff yeah, of a father and everything, you know. But there's also a lot of other pastel be... colours used in that world. Oh, right, okay. Uh, if but, there was anyone know. who would be considered trans, it'd potentially be Peter Parker in that, because he transformed himself into a lizard and he was living... He was born in, like, the wrong body. You're saying that people who are trans are monsters? No, he went through the same thing that fucking Kurt Connors went through, where his injury initially... Because Kurt Connors was trans? No. I think you're mixing up your metaphors a bit. No, the lived experience of trans people. Gwen's colours are white, pink, and blue, though. And black. Racist. You always miss that out for some reason. <laughs> anyway, sorry. 
No, but no. What I was saying was Kurt Connor's, uh, in the Kurt film. Connor's experience with the missing arm. Yeah. Once he once he experienced life of you know being a lizard, awoken like something inside of him where he wasn't experiencing his lived lived actuality when he was human. Like he realized he always wanted along, to be a lizard. Well, some part of his brain wasn't matching his actual body anymore. He had awoken something inside, of him. and that's, that's like not in this of, film. I know it's not. Well, Peter Parker kind of went for it. If he didn't die, he probably would have been a lizard. Uh, uh, I think he would have been evil. He would have been Jack Quaid. Nice. He would have been like Boimler. Well, he was played by Jack Quaid. So. Boimler. He was played by Jack Quaid. Boimler. Anyway, so in this one... Roddy McDowell is in this movie. Yeah, that's the one. Terry Savannas. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Cullen. Yeah, Peter Cullen. Plays Pincher. He's, yeah, Peter Cullen. He was, in, he was in both GoBots and Transformers. Anyway, so Miles Morales... He's like doing stuff. He's missing Gwen. Gwen's sort of missing her friends that she made along the way in the first film. And she gets a thing to teleport to other dimensions. Good for her. And it turns out there's a whole spider group led by the Spider-Man 2099, who's lying quite clearly, um, about canon events and stuff. I think that he's not lying. I think he's just taken the wrong... He's, he's I think he's taken... straight up lying. I think he's taken think the he's wrong Spider-Man lesson 2099. from what he did. I think he's a bit of a... Because he was Twit. he was a bit of a twat, and he went into someone else's world. He oh, just did what Kingpin did. Yeah. And we know from the first film... That that fucks the world up. Yeah. It's nothing to do with canon events. Yeah. Um. Anyway, freaking now people are going to take canon events the wrong way. Yeah. They go, oh, God. Um, but anyway, um, it's all right. It's a bit long. Could have mm. trimmed some stuff from it. I was way ahead of the film for the last half hour. Um, Like, yeah, apparently there's some changes to the... Um, digital version. There's like little little changes here and there and stuff. It's weird. I guess they're never satisfied. Which probably why the delay in the third one, isn't it? By well, so I've, much. They've not even started the third one. It's right. way off to do it. Yeah. But it's, it's supposed to be coming out next year, wasn't it? But yeah, they've really delayed it. Though. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's it's all right. It just takes a long time to get going. It's like an hour before the whole bit where he goes into you know the alternate dimensions with yeah. Um, Miguel, and then the whole last like forty-ish minutes of it is basically a massive exposition dump with a like it's lots of them wandering around. They wander around like the spider web place, mm-hmm. and then meet Miguel, and then he tries to escape, and that's all that happens for about forty minutes. It like drags out a lot. Yeah, there's no like little adventures they go on really. What between Mumbai? that's the that's before he gets to the spider web bit. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the whole thing that gets him dragged in there. And they're all like, yeah, you can't do this. Um, I quite like friggin' old Herbie. Uh, yeah, Spider-Punk. Herbie's great. Yeah, he's going to be... He's, he's, he's going to be a fan favourite. Well, he's the guy who's like already not trusting Miguel. Yeah. Well, it's not. he doesn't trust anyone. Like, And he doesn't like conforming. He is a mm. punk through and through. I think they'll punk. probably reveal that there's like a... Um, there's another Spider-Web dimension thing where there's a whole bunch of Spider-Mans that turn down Miguel. And all that. Well, yeah, I think because I think it's kind of silly to say that they all agree with him. Yeah, I think Herbie shows that he's been sort of just making his own mm. jank versions of the watches that allow you to transfer between universes, isn't he? Because mm. that's what he's stealing at the end. He's stealing bits to make one for for. Um, he's got a plan, yeah. but no, it's just um, it's kind of weird that like so many of the Spider Mans all just like believe. Miguel's story. I think that part and of, all of them agree that yeah, we should let certain people die. I think a lot <laughs> of it, a lot of it, kind of comes from the fact that he he seems to be getting into people's lives after 
that's already happened. Yeah. Giving him an excuse and everything. Yeah, he's like saying to him, look, it wasn't your fault. This was bound to happen. And they've just gone, well, that makes me feel better. Yeah. But um, they, um, yeah. there's some nice stuff in there. Um, you know, there's a little reference to the Doctor Strange. Yeah. What thing. Um, see Donald Glover as a prowler. For that was that was really nice. Okay, this probably means he's never going to turn up in. He's never actually going to be the prowler in the Spider-Man movies that are coming out. In I hope they do give it to him because the mm-hmm. costume's actually pretty great in this. Amazing. Like if you look at the behind-the-scenes stuff where they're filming him, mm-hmm. it looks really de- really decent. Um, no, it was it was perfectly fine. Just drawn out a lot, and yeah. like it took a long time to get really to. Like, I felt like Act One was like an hour long. Mm-hmm. Like um, they're definitely pacing it for for two movies but I kind of feel like maybe she'd just done one slightly longer movie it didn't feel like it ended on like the actual um, it felt like that final bit in the spider web where everything's like culminating and them all chasing him yeah. it felt like that should have been you know, when he jumps in, into the portal thing that should have been the cliffhanger Yeah, but they wanted to have the cliffhanger of oh he's in the wrong dimension he can't save his dad they didn't Will even he save need his to dad? show that they, but they, it goes they on for just... like 25 minutes Yeah, and I was like I was way ahead of it as soon as he, and he as soon as he went in there I was like, yeah, he's going to the wrong dimension. He's going to end up in the one the spider's from, not his one. I didn't like that um, the Peter, played by Jake Johnson, just went along with Miguel. Yeah, he's sort of in two minds about it. Though, yeah, and like he clearly knows that like something weird's going on, hmm. but he's just accepted it. But I think that a lot of them have had events like Gwen had, Yeah, where like in the intro you get a really nice fight scene between her and like a weird Michelangelo version of the... Um, yeah. The vulture, the vulture, yeah, and that's just such a beautiful little fight. Well, I, I think Miguel's. I think Spider Man sending them through. I think you he's think the one. Doing it I think to he's recruit people for an army that he's going to yeah. use to fight someone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think he's who he says he is. I think he's going to be Morlin. Yeah, I think that. I think that's probably the easy way out for them. I think mm. a more complicated out would be that he finds out that the reason this is all fucking up is because he's messing up all of these universes yeah, yeah. by. Punching holes I saw everywhere. loads of people saying, "Oh, Spot isn't really a villain in it. He's only in it for a little bit." And he's like, "No, he's he's like he's a major part. He's the yeah. he's the cause of a lot of problems." He was such a cool villain in the in the TV show hmm. when they got hold of him. They could do because he was the whole. They they really smartly used he's him as the reason for the Gwen Stacy thing. They put her into another universe instead of killing her in a cartoon show. Hmm. They just went, "Nah, she's fucking gone, mate. Like we will never find out where she is." And then the machine breaks. And you're like, this is actually like, it's such a great through line for a cartoon show. I do, I do, reckon, this, yeah, I do reckon they're going to do a whole, you know, a good Spider-Verse web. Because like, there's there's some really obvious missing people from okay. it. I think it's really obvious and weird that you, that, you know, they have all the live action ones, but none of the live action ones actually make a cameo. Yeah. Like, I think that's a bit of a suspicious thing. And no Japanese Spider-Man mm-hmm. fucking... The most memeable friggin' isn't he in this? No, he's not in it at all. He's right. not even in the background or anything. People are poured was... over it. There's a drawing of Leo Car- of Leopardon, his mecca in the first film, done by Miles, but he's not actually in the film. Because someone was cast as him. That was like one of the yeah. things, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Cast McEnyu as him. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and there was also um, no the nineteen eighties the nineties animated Spider Man. Like if you're gonna have. The oh, other yeah. animated Spider-Mans. Dun, 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 Where's the nineties animated one? All the, the all the spider the first one, wasn't he? All the big all the big like No, it was a nineteen sixties Spider-Man in that one, wasn't it? Was it sixties? Yeah, sorry. but all the big major hero Spider-Mans we know, none of them make an appearance other than like archive footage of 
Tobey Maguire watching his uncle die. It wasn't Tobey Maguire. It was from Amazing Spider-Man. They're both there. Are they? They're showing both, yeah. Oh, for some reason, I only remember it being Andrew Garth. Not paying attention. They show both of them. Anyway, yeah. Kids today. But no, I one of the things that I, I said when I reviewed this was that I couldn't... There are like emotional moments in this, like um, the realisation that his father may have to die for him to... Like all this other shit. Um, it's not a benefit for him if he... Um, yeah. But, um, it's not going to benefit. It's not going to push him in any sort of direction, is it? It never had the same impact <laughs> as the first one. The mm. first one was such a tight script and such yeah. a tight. He had film. his moment. He had his canon event. Yeah. That, even like even Jake Johnson's Spider Man had two like really emotional yeah. moments in that that were incredible. The Aunt May like I'm not ready for this, and he rings the doorbell, and she comes yeah. out. She goes, "You're not my Peter." He's like, "No." She's like, "Okay, well, you look like you." It was the Peter at the start of the first one. The Miles's dimensions, Peter. Chris. Chris um, that was Chris. Pine, wasn't it? Yeah, Chris Pine. Yeah. yeah, it took me a while to play Spot's voice. So I didn't realize it was Jason Schwartzman. I knew it straight away. I, I was like, "Why do I know that voice?" Like, Where's yeah. a Michael Cera Spider Man? <laughs> I want a Michael Cera one. Hi, I'm Alan. I fit in all the Spider Man's clothes. Yeah, <laughs> we'd just be Robin. It'd be yeah. a dimension where Robin became Spider Man. I'd like it. I would like it if, um, if in the universe he goes to at the end of this, mm. in a nice twist, there is a normal Peter Parker, and it is. Mm. It is just Chris Pine without being bitten by a spider because obviously he took the yeah. spider from that universe. Um, I've actually we'll probably have um, for Gwen's story. There'll probably be a thing where she goes to a universe where she died instead of her Peter Parker, and her Peter Parker became a lizard-based superhero <laughs> or something like the lizard as a superhero in yeah. that dimension. Lizard Man, Mister Lizard. <laughs> oh yeah, Phil Lord did confirm Japanese Spider-Man was going to be in it. Yeah, yeah, he did. But yeah. it's not. How weird. Because he kept changing his mind about what's going on in this film, apparently. Yeah. And the artists barely got the film out, and they still changed stuff for the digital release. I, I really like the film. I just think that the first one was stronger. Yeah. Like, and I think that the stuff that was really good about this... It doesn't this, help that it's half a film. It doesn't really yeah. have a thematic point to it. Yeah, it it needs a second half of the film to bring everything together. But um, the first one has a very clear... Story to tell, yeah. Whereas this one's like it still is half a story. <laughs> Miles doesn't really learn anything other than to stand up for himself again, like <laughs> which was the lesson in the first film. We learn was him learning how to be confident. Yeah, I do. There are moments I really liked in this, and I think that visually it's fucking stunning. Mm. But of the two animated films that I've got the chance to see this year, this is second mm. um, yeah. behind. Um... Fucking, I'm trying Fritz to think the of cat. shit. Yeah, Fritz. The, yeah. <laughs> no, is that Pinocchio animated? Film? Oh yeah. God! Not the not the Guillermo del Toro. No, the, no, other, the one. other one. That no, was live action, and that was live action. The too. one with um, Tom Hanks. No, who was it? Who was Pinocchio in that? It was was it? Oh, you're talking about the really bad Paulie Shaw one. Might have been. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Paulie Shaw one from yeah. like this year. Yeah, the one that had the made in Russia. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe if they didn't invade Ukraine, they could have spent the money animating it better. You know, well, they if you, listen, about if you listen to some people on the right, hmm. maybe they didn't invade Ukraine. Oh, maybe right. it's Ukraine's fault. Oh, right, okay. Apparently. Or that Pinocchio film's fault. Yeah, or that Pinocchio film's yeah. fault. They're trying to delete all copies of it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Across the Spider-Verse is fine. It's yeah. decent, enjoyable. You know, it's good. Proper it's artistry. Just not, no, I just feel like it's not going to really have its resonance or anything until the second half's out. Yeah. You reckon it's going to... Punch differently once you've watched the second one. Yeah, yeah. I really... Actually, there is one thing that I could have done with some more... Like Matrix Revolutions. There is is something that I could have done a lot more... uh, Done with a lot more of, and that's Gwen and her dad. Fucking incredible. Mm. 
Really, really good. You played a dad in this. Uh, I know it's someone famous, but I can't remember their Tim name. Tim Robbins. No, it wasn't Tim Robbins. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, Carl Urban. Mr. Incredible. The guy who does Mr. Incredible in 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 the in the Incredibles. I don't know. Herbie was um, Daniel Kaluuya, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's doing his proper East End right, accent yeah. coming through. Why do you want to be part of this, man? I work alone. This is my team. Is he part of a band? I'm not part of a band. It's a mood. Sorry, man. I don't follow. Don't follow the crowd. Baby's an anarchist. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Uh, no, really, really like Shia Wingham. He's had like a big year this year. He's done like loads of shit. You'll know his face when you see him. He's second in command in uh, second in command of Samuel L. Jackson, Kong Skull Island. Kong. You know the guy who's eating after the plane crashes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah He's in, like, yeah, fucking yeah, tons yeah, of stuff yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. He's really good in Mission Impossible, yeah, yeah, the new one. Yeah, yeah. There's a Monarch series starting soon, isn't there? Yeah, there is, yeah. John Goodman's in a bit of it. Yeah, he is. Until I can't watch that because it's on Apple Plus. I ain't subscribing to Apple Plus to watch that. I'll just let you use my... I need to know what happens in the Kong and Godzilla universe. I'm actually kind of excited for it because it's got Kurt Russell and his son in it. Yeah. White Russell's in it. Ah. White Russell plays a young Kurt Russell. Oh. Give me fucking more Russells! It's not Jack Quaid playing a young Kurt Russell, because no. Jack Quaid plays everyone. He does. He's in everything. Son of a bitch. How does he got so many jobs? I mean, nepotism. But, um. Who's that? Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid's just. Yeah, nepotism. He's like. He is like Hollywood royalty. Like, you forget that Dennis Quaid was the biggest movie star briefly. Yeah. And then Meg Ryan's his fucking mum! <laughs> Begin, um. What's the film with Dennis Quaid? Where they're on the planet with the alien? Inner Space. Not Inner Space. That's the one with Martin Short. Inner Mind? No, the one with the... Something Mind. The... Something Mind. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Mind. Enemy Mind? Enemy Mind. There you go. Enemy Mind. 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 It's not Mind. Why would it be Mind? Because it's Enemy Mind because it's a trap. There's Minds. Not some shit. As in My Enemy? No, Enemy of Mine. Like Enemy Mind. Enemy Mind, I watched that so many times when I was a kid. It was great. It was, there, it was like an episode of Star Trek. In fact, there is an episode of Star Trek that's just like it, actually. There's an episode of... of There's an episode of Outer Limits that's like it TNG, as well. TNG, it's like it, yeah. Um, anyway, you review something, because... Um, I said so. Because you told me to. Yeah, yeah. Do as, you, do as you're told. All right, well, I'm going to review one piece of no self-respect. No, I'm going to review one piece of Oh, okay, of never mind. Then I'm going to review... Ah, 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 fuck it. I'm going to review Little Shop of Horrors, the director's cut. Do you know why I'm going to review Little Shop of Horrors, the director's cut? Because you watched Red Letter Media. Because I watched Red Letter Media and I've seen this film a hundred fucking times. It's one of my favourites... And I didn't know that there was a director's cut what? ending until recently. Yeah, I never. I've, I've still not watched the director's Have cut ending. Have you not? Ending, it's but, fucking um, weird. Is basically what I can tell you. But I bought a DVD of this, oddly enough, from CEX a few years ago to watch, and it was the director's cut, not the original version. And it just plays that ending. It doesn't play the original ending. You don't choose which version to watch. It's just the director's cut. Yeah, yeah, the Blu-ray they reported out was. Yeah, maybe it was a Blu-ray then, yeah. in that case. But anyway, so Little um, Shop of Horrors... I don't think they've released the regular version on Blu-ray. No, I don't think they have. I don't know yeah. if there's any way you can watch it. Little Shop of Horrors, story of um, a nebbish little dude finds a plant. He works in a flower shop. It's going under. He works in Skid Row, which is a shithole in New Down York. On Skid Row. Down on Skid Danny John Jules is in it, if you watch really carefully. He's one of the guys doing the doo-wop. doo-wop. Is he? Do what right at the start. For anyone who isn't a fucking nerd, Red Dwarf, cat. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because it's filmed in the UK at Shepperton yeah. Studios. He's also in Blade 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird thing for him to be in. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. So there's a Roger Corman original with Jack Nicholson in the role of... Um, I think he was like the guy at the end who's like, let me buy that plant from you. He has a little cameo. Anyway, so it's the story of a nebbish little individual who finds a plant. Turns out the plant is an alien that landed on Earth during the eclipse and it requires blood to grow. It feeds on blood and viscera. Like me. Like Anne. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, young Seymour is the name of our nebbish individual. He is in love with his co-worker... Audrey. Yeah. Yeah, played by Anne Green. Yep. And then he names the plant after her. Like a, it's like Audrey 2. He names the plant Audrey 2 after Audrey. 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 Yeah. Um, and uh, and yet, it just, as you can imagine, in a situation where you've got a plant that is sustained on flesh, it gets a bit out of control. It requires more and more flesh as it gets to this enormous size, Anne. Mm. I think more realistically, the plant would probably just wouldn't get that far on a few drops. We die. Well, no, it gives it more and more over time. Because yeah. you see at one point in the film, he's got plasters all over his fingers. Yeah, but like... Now, Audrey, sadly, she finds herself... Not the plant, the woman. She finds herself in an abusive relationship with Steve Martin, who also appears to be in some sort of pain-based relationship with uh, with with old um, Bill Murray. Although it doesn't seem like they know each other. No, so they don't know each other. Cut. He doesn't like it. Bill Murray's yeah. character goes around dentists. Yeah, basically trying yeah. to get pain because he's a sadomasochist. He yeah. enjoys the infliction of pain. Yeah. Whereas a masochist, Steve Martin, enjoys being able to put people through pain. So when someone enjoys pain, what happens? Match made in heaven? No, not quite. They don't like him. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Steve Martin is about to help Seymour with his teeth when he accidentally... I mean, you skip right to the end of the film, pretty much, but no, no, he actually kills himself. The film. And uh, um, Rick Moranis, Seymour, you know decides that he's going to feed the body of. But he was going to feed the body, body to him anyway. He's, he was thinking about murdering him. Yeah, murdering him, but he didn't murder him. He no. died. He killed no. himself. He does it in the stage play. Does he? Yeah, he kills him in the stage show. Does he shoot him? Yeah, he kills um, the Mr. Lee thingy as well. Much, much Nick. Mitch Nick, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so. Um, <clears throat> I'm not normally into musicals, but recently I've been on a bit of a run seeing some musicals because obviously my uh, my girlfriend likes musicals, so I've been seeing more musicals. And and I'll tell you what, this is one of my all time favourite musicals. I really like it. It's a really good film. Uh, special effects work is incredible. Um, I only recently found out how some of the stuff was done. Um, they were basically singing in slow motion in a slower pace. Did you not know that? To do, no, I didn't know any of this. Fucking because I've been watching this film since I was a kid. It's one of those things that you just don't think yeah, I've about. I've been watching this since I was a kid. I've watched a million things about this film over the years. Really? I know I, my stuff about Little Shop of Horrors. I just love the film. I've What's seen your the original 1951. I, I, I've seen one, the original 1951 yeah, Seymour, well. But fucking Mean suddenly Green Seymour's Mother from incredible. Outer Space. Friggin yeah. Mean Green Mother from Outer Space and I'm back. Mean Green Bear. Oh, um, I don't film off by I, I love Suddenly Seymour. I think that is probably like the showstopper. That's like the mm. main one. Somewhere that, that's green is amazing. Um, I think Somewhere That's Green is very funny when watching it with the with the uh, context of like the toaster beauty shot that I didn't notice before, where she's doing the advert hands. Yeah. <laughs> she does the It's a dream. Big enormous twelve inch screen. Yeah. <laughs> It's all meant to be like from a catalogue. Yeah, it's right. it's really sweet. It's really cute. And Picking then at the fence, end, at the end in the original version, there's a slight hint that there could be more because you see one of the plants in the plant bed, don't you? Whereas in the director's cut, it's really mm. weird because it's the apocalyptic. Mm. And you haven't seen this version. 
No, no, watch it. No, in, the, in the original one, Jim Belushi's character show yeah. Joe. He goes, up. I'd love to take some clippings from yeah, that and plant. Seymour's like, we can't let this out. No, Let's destroy it. But in the director's cut version, instead, Audrey gets injured and then he, she says, feed me to the plant. Yeah, at least in that way, I can be part of your dreams and be part of like you getting everything yeah. you want. And then you sell the clippings, go everywhere. and Yeah. And then there's like 25 minutes of... Insane carnage. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. Um, one thing, like, here's the thing. I mean, I've seen the, seen the end bit, watched it yeah. before, but I've not seen, not watched the film with the it The film is slightly different. It is, like, extended little bits here and there, but mm. it's not, like, a massive change until the very end. Um, and, again, like, on watching that Red Letter Media video, I've always just held them as two different things. Like, I, I grew up watching the original where the ending's quite happy, and then at the end it pulls out and there's a little, the little plants growing in their garden you hear <laughs> you hear the cackle of Audrey too in the background yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's dead now yeah um he is yeah but um but in the in the other one it's just fucking carnage like complete chaos and it's spectacular it's really incredible to watch but I think because I grew up with the original version I kind of prefer the happy ending yeah, yeah. like you want them to get out of skid row it's it is a shitter and that's one of the things that's very strange for this I don't know if it was just like a trend at the time, but this is like of those 80s films where they didn't shy away from showing that like everything was quite fucked up and grubby. Like you had a lot of films, <laughs> oddly enough, another film starring Rick Moranis, Streets of Fire. Again, very similar sort of set. That's what New York was like in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. New York was Shitty. like destitute. Friggin', yeah. um, you know, there's a reason why Hell's Kitchen is like in... But Daredevil is like, oh, crime, crime central. Alley. But nowadays yeah, it's like a gentrified friggin'. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, bagels. Tapas bars and shit. Yeah. Friggin' tapas. 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 Right. Like, go get yourself some tortillas. Yeah. And some, and some tapas. Um, but no, it's it's a spectacular <laughs> film. It's a fucking musical icon in, in El, El Green, is her name? Ellen Green. Ellen Green. Um, and so I have been on a bit of like a deep dive on this again. I think before I spoke about this film very briefly because I was watching some other musical, but basically there was recently like a, I say recently, within the last 10 years, there was a musical like cavalcade thing in the US where they had a lot of people doing like movie stars doing musical, musical numbers. And they had Jake Gyllenhaal doing this alongside Ellen Green. And they only did, I think they did Suddenly Seymour in another well, song. Yeah. She's like 60 odd years old or something. About 10 years ago. So yeah, yeah. about 60, 50. She's like mid-30s in that film. But she's... But she was the one who was playing Audrey on the on stage. stage. She was the only person who was a carryover. Yeah. Which is weird because I can't imagine anyone but Rick Moranis doing this. Yeah. He's so good. There like, loads of people who I can't... There's been a few people who have become... Yeah. Well-known at least. Doing a that. Ted Raimi type could do yeah. Seymour. But Rick Moranis is like... He's pitch perfect. Mm, yeah. It's so weird. And also, like, he was one of those strange movie stars that, like, just made it. Like, Ghostbusters he's incredible in. Even Ghostbusters 2, he has, like, the best storyline in Ghostbusters 2. Where, like, he's shooting the goo from the outside and nobody's, like, watching him. And the fucking thing comes tumbling down and he goes, I did it! <laughs> and outside a couple of like, years ago I got turned into a dog and my guys here, they rescued me and my girlfriend... And now I'm human again, so that's why I think they should be allowed to keep... That's why I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, I love it in the first one where every time he comes out, he's like, yeah, I just buy this stuff in bulk, so you've got to really have a party before the expiration date hits. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah, do you want to have a dance? Yeah, I'll have a dance. <laughs> just waving his arms in front of mm. that incredible 
<laughs> no, but Rick Moranis just really, really good, um, and and Ellen Green just spectacular. Like everyone in this is incredibly strong, mm. and it is it's a small cast. You've got that John Candy cameo, the shopkeeper, isn't he? The um, the chief officer from the sixties Batman. I think so. Yeah, can't remember. It's been ages. Since I can never remember all the casts. But yeah, Me so um, it is. It is. It is near enough the perfect musical. What there about are, the uh, the cartoon? Do you ever watch the cartoon Little Shop of Horrors? No. No? It's fucking weird. There was a cartoon of Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah, yeah, in the late 80s, early 90s. Wait, what was it about? Um, Seymour's like... Well, he has wacky adventures with Audrey too and doesn't feed him any animals or anything. Um, I think he feeds it dog food or something. Oh, fucking hell. This looks like Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, yeah, it's got a really weird, like... Animation Properly style. exaggerated look to it. Um, Mr. Mushnick... Was he in? He was in something else that you you always remember. This ran for thirteen episodes. Yeah, I used to watch it on Channel Four. It used to be on in the morning. That's very strange. But, um, yeah, I mean, only thirteen episodes. Yeah. yeah, I think they did a episode on it on Toy Galaxy. Did they once? Yeah, I think. I'll have to have a look. Well, I think it got covered when they did Little Shop of Horrors, maybe. Um, but no, it's, it was. I used to. Yeah, it's 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 not great. Um, not no. as good as the Bill and Ted cartoon. Which is like the first series of the Bill and Ted cartoon is like so much fun. How weird! I didn't know that existed. Anyway, yeah, um, Little Shop Horrors. It's a Tom Atkins. It's one of my all-time favorite musicals. I I can genuinely watch this over and over again. There's not, there isn't a bad song in it. Um, and um, Skid Row is is like a fucking uh, just incredible. It wasn't in Batman. I can't remember what he's he's in something that was, you see him Mr. Muchnick. Was he Commissioner Gordon in Tim Burton's Batman? No, that's um, some other guy. Pat, what's his name? Pat Hingle. Yeah. Um, all right, but your review, Ant. What was it, Pat Hingle? Yeah, it was Pat Hingle, yeah, wasn't it? Was it? Who's the guy who plays um, the detective? The one who's a piece of shit. Bullock. Yeah, he's not was... Bullock in the film, it's a different name. Yeah, it's a different one, but it's the guy yeah. who came back for thingy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. And then he gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> gets shot. Harvey Bullock was made up for the animated series. Yeah, he was. Yeah, um, is that it's based on based on the guy from Spawn? He really becomes a character that comes back in Batman stuff, but for some reason, Renee Montoya does. Who's Renee Montoya? She was the female question, the one played by um, what's her face in 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 Birds of Prey, in the film. You know the one who she doesn't have any powers in Birds of Prey. She's just the cop lady. Yeah. What's her face from White Men Can't Jump? Her. Hmm. Um, but she's in Batman animated series. And she keeps like, and she was in. She's Renee Montoya's in the Dark Knight. Oh, she's the cop that sells out the Joker's location. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he sells the location of Commissioner Gordon to the Joker. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, that yeah. thing. I've booked tickets to go watch that. They're doing this Batman Day coming up. Dark Knight. Yeah, the Dark Knight's going to be playing in uh, Odeon and Guildford. Mm, I need to watch my 4K Blu-ray of the Batman. The Batman. You've got it. Yeah, I got it on 4K, and I got Star oh. Trek Insurrection. So. Oh, so you got a bad film and a good film. Obviously, Star Trek, Star Trek Insurrection. Yeah, yeah. There's that film. bit in Star Trek Insurrection where everyone gets a bit younger and Worf gets spots because puberty or some shit. I don't know. It's a fucking terrible film. That is. I mean, uh, it's the most like an episode of TNG out of the lot, but it's still bad. Yeah. But then after that, I've got to watch Nemesis. The Batman. Yeah. Is not that great either. Batman's great. It's fine. Batman's it fantastic. Fine. You kids today, you fucking look. Any film that ends with a hero going, I'm just going to do a bit. I'm just going to quickly commit suey. The Batman doesn't. It, he oh. tries to kill himself by jumping in the water with the electric thing. 
He jumps in the water to leave people out. No, he jumps in the water to, to kill be a himself, hero. That's to kill him. I think you haven't paid attention to the film. Let's have a quick look, shall we? You right, your review. Do your review. Dives in the water to save people, no, he so he can get to the people down the bottom. He leads no. them out with the torque, with the, That's with not the what thing. He does. Yes, he does. He leads them out with he tries a flashlight. To kill himself with the electric thing. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He realizes that he can't exist without there being other death and destruction. That's why he jumps in. That's a hero thing. The whole point in the end of the film is that he takes up the responsibility of being a hero. You grossly misinterpreted that film. Your next review. Fuck it. Right, I've got a toy. You can't see this. This. This is Frilling 30 Sandstorm. Yes, they decided in Transformers to call the 30th anniversary figures Frilling 30. And do you know what's special about this figure? What's it? Okay, so. This was designed by comic book artist, writer, Supreme, Nick Roche. He's also Irish. Don't hold that against him. Okay. Um, I know as a Brit, we, you know, distrust the Irish, but he designed this character, right? And here's the thing, right? There was a toy based on this mould that came out first called Springer. They basically, they designed this mould, didn't release it straight away, redesigned it, released it as Springer. Everyone thought that was the best figure ever, right? Turns out this one was first. And you know what? It's better. It's better than Springer. Okay, why is it better really, than Springer? Because it doesn't have loads of gaps all over it. Everything all closes up properly. Um, but he turns into... He's a triple changer. Turns into a big old armoured dune buggy. Look at the size of the wheels on the back wheels. Massive. Massive friggin' back wheels. Um, and he also turns into a helicopter, but he's also got this cool, like, orangey bit. Um, but you know what? This figure's fantastic. I haven't had many figures, more modern, recent figures, that are as good as this. This thing's superb. I got it for 30 quid. Oh, nice. I've seen this thing like 60, 70 quid normally. And this is in spotless condition. I've probably stressed a bit of plastic somewhere on it since getting it, so... How old is it? Uh, 10 years old next year, isn't it, I guess? Because it's the 40th anniversary next year, and this was thrilling 30, so... 40th anniversary of Transformers next year. They're going to do toys. They're going to... I'm going to do consumerism and buy some. Mm. Yeah. Where's the 40th anniversary celebrations for Thundercats? Don't see that coming up, do you? Hmm, figured no. Um, he's got this missile. I'm going to fire it at you, right? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right, that didn't reach me. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, friction-powered missiles. Um, not the best. Not the best thing in the world. But you know what? It's fine, because I'm never going to fire that ever again. Um, but this is great. I had to figure out how to transform this because I didn't have the instructions. It took me a little while because it's actually quite clever. How it works. It's got lots of unfolding bits. There's like a really clever thing in his thigh where his thigh sort of does this one millimeter inward angle thing, outward angle thing, so it can all clasp together like the back end of a helicopter. That's kind of clever. That tiny little thing. Um, he's lacking some modern articulation. Doesn't have ankle tilts. His feet are in a permanent ankle tilted position. But um, this figure, like. It looks like one of Nick Roche's designs brought to life, because it is one of his designs brought to life. It looks like it's slept straight off the comic page. It's got one of his faces. He does faces that look like that. It's got great light piping as well. Like The eyes really like light up. Light piping is one of those words I didn't know before we started talking about Transformers a lot. Light piping's important. Transformers invented it. Did you know that? Did they? Yeah, it was an invention from Transformers. So you're saying sentient machines from yeah. another planet invented yeah. light piping? Yeah, they travelled to Earth, designed a toy... Based on themselves and put light piping in it. It wasn't very smart, was it? No. 
But um, no, this figure's fantastic. I do need to get another variant of this, though. Because okay. you know I've got my whole Hot Rod collection over there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hot Rods. Um, they did a version of this in Hot Rod Colours. as oh, an cool. Online exclusive in Japan. Yeah. And it's extremely rare. And I rarely see one go for less than 200 quid. So one day I've got to get one of them. Because I want all those Hot Rods. Um, I'll probably get it and break it straight away. Yeah, I mean? probably. But um, no, this figure's fantastic, man. I have like all these modern figures I get. And I get one from 10 years ago, from the days before all the modern articulation and all the mm-hmm. accurate G1 designs. I get one that's actually its own original design, and it's like one of the best things I own. This is like going straight up to the top of some of my favourite figures. Oh, wow. It is that good. I've knocked a bit of paint off his bum. Um, Doing what, Ant? I don't know. I think Doing what, Ant? I think it's just, just a little bit of rubbish. Rubbing what, Ant? He's got yellow. He's got little tiny yellow patches on his bum. What have you been rubbing him against? Oh, there's also a secret wheelchair mode. <laughs> oh, there's a secret wheelchair mode. Yeah, yeah. Secret inclusivity mode activated. Look, man. Um, I'll show you. So you bring down the backpack really far. Yeah. Hook it around his back, and you can bend the wheels forward. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I'm not even kidding, right? Um. He will happily roll on a wheelchair. He will happily... Uh, for anyone who's wondering what this looks like, it is indeed a transformer in a wheelchair. Um, although I don't think it counts as a wheelchair because it, it is his own body. I mean, his feet... You can get it so his feet aren't touching the floor as well. It will, it will sort of work. But... Feet don't stop me now. I'm having but, such um, a good time. Not many transformers can have a wheelchair mode. Transformable. So that's good. That's good. That's anyway, good. I saw What's them going for a lot more expensive at Blooming TF Nation than what I got this for. Ah, uh, TF Nation. Mm. 30 quid. Sandstorm. I've never had a Sandstorm before. Never had the G1 toy. G1 toy is fantastic. <sighs> I had one mate had one when I was a kid. Yeah. So I played with one, but I've never had one. Hmm. Um, he's also famous for having one of the worst third party figures ever. There was a company made a third party figure of Sandstorm. Yeah. And it was meant to be all G1 accurate. Fucking terrible figure overcomplicates everything. There's a whole sequence in its transformation where you have to undo like 30 odd steps to move his head like quarter of an inch down. But why would you need to move his head a quarter of an inch down? So so another bit of bullshit can fit around the top of his head. Freaking terrible. It's, it's awful. What does one. it turn into? He turns into a dune buggy mm-hmm. and a helicopter. Oh. Yeah. Those are two very different things. Yeah. But it's more of like a VTOL vehicle in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, Frilling 30 Sandstorm. Um, I think everyone should get one of these. And uh, not use it. And also, um, loads of people, if anyone's got the Frilling 30 e-hobby exclusive hot rod, um, put it on eBay and put it on their cheap so I can buy it. Cool. cool. This is these ratchets. Those are good ratchets. That's some good ratcheting. If anyone's wondering, Ant is fully erect right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen to those fucking ratchets. Clickety click, click, click indeed. There is one bit I worry about. There's these panels you have to slide out and turn around. Mm. And when they're pushed in, they're really difficult to get back out on one side. And I'm a bit worried now. Because I have seen them break. I've, heard, I've, I've seen them break off on some people's copies. So I might just not turn him into helicopter mode that, ever again. That sentence could have gone so differently. Or vehicle mode. Car mode. I won't turn him into car mode ever again. There you go. Car mode rider. Mm, yeah, well done. Thank you. Thank anyway, um, yeah, go fuck yourself. 
Um, okay, my next review. This is a bit delayed because this was I was supposed to review it last episode. Oh God, wake the fuck up, Matt! All right, so I was going to review this last episode, but I didn't. I, I saw SpongeBob SquarePants the musical. Oh, yeah, Bob LaPonge. Bob LaPonge. Yeah. yeah, Bob LaPonge. Um, so I saw I saw SpongeBob SquarePants the musical. It's a very simple story. Bikini Bottom is at risk of being um, destroyed by a, a volcano under the sea that's going to go off and kill everyone on Bikini Bottom. Oh. Their only hope is, and there are several plot lines that all have like a way of them escaping, uh, but their only hope is either to stop the volcano exploding using, you know, friendship and teamwork, or um, buying an escape vehicle with Amazon Prime so it arrives just before... The volcano goes off, so they can all escape. Yeah, it was David Hasselhoff not available. For no, the David Hasselhoff was not available. Yeah. Um, I went into this open-minded. I was also late, but open-minded. Mm. You uh, were late. I was late by like 10 minutes. We thought it started at 7.30, it started at 7. Shush now. Um, but I went into this um, open-minded. I mean, I like SpongeBob SquarePants, the TV show. It's actually quite funny sometimes. Um And the music's written by a cavalcade of famous recording artists. Avril Lavigne? Maybe. She wrote some songs for... Yeah. There's also... Ariana Grande. There's... Um, no, Miranda Cosgrove. There's also some uh, Aerosmith written songs in this. Oh, they were, they did the music for Spider-Man. Into the... No, that was U2, up. you idiot. Was it? That was U2. It was Bono. Aerosmith did do a Spider-Man cover of the Spider-Man theme. Yeah, probably. Which is on the soundtrack to one of the first two yeah. Spider-Mans. Yeah. Everybody only cares about Snow Patrol's... Song for Spider-Man Three that no one remembers. No one remembers Snow Patrol. <laughs> Sharp, it's a good song. Snow anyway. Patrol suck ass. No, it's, that song's good. It is good. Um, but anyway, so um, yeah, Sp- SpongeBob has to save the day with the help of Sandy and Patrick. And uh, I'll tell you what, Ant went into this not very much expectation. Had a great fucking time. It's really fun. It's very silly, and also surprisingly. It was a room full of mostly adults watching the SpongeBob musical. The SpongeBob SquarePants started twenty five years ago. I know, I know, I know, Anne. Um, one of the one of the highlights for me was the guy who played Plankton is one of RuPaul's Drag Race UK contestants. Really, just into it, just fucking, just really funny, really good. Um, the whole thing was just really impressive and a lot of fun. They had. Like a live band, we're always on stage because a lot of the music is, as you can imagine, Aerosmith doing the soundtracks, like guitar. So they got Aerosmith. No, it's not Aerosmith. No. But like they play Just a part. Steve Perry. Yes. <laughs> they play a part in the actual, in the um, play. So they play like a boy band that, mm. that like everybody's really into. Um, and there is one character who's. What Aerosmith like, do? No, the, the oh. band on oh. stage. Oh. Um, there's one bit where, where they come out and they play their, play these famous musicians and they go back into their recesses on the back of the stage because they've got like a, a sunken ship is like their normal staging so they like have little sections of the sunken ship that are open and they're in there um, and there's one character who plays bass and he comes out and just he's like he's like this guy he can only play one thing and he comes out and he's rock and roll and I was like okay okay that's fine that's like a little bit of fun great somehow this guy does it with the same tone speed like it's just like he is he, he has learned how to say rock and roll in the exact same way for hundreds of performances and it's the rule of freeze. He's an artist. He's an artist. Rule of freeze. It's very funny the third time he does it. They should get Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown. They should get Dr. Roxo in there. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. I watched that. 
I do cocaine. <laughs> He's in the movie. Yeah. I watched the movie. Not... I won't review the movie this week. I've got this. I need to watch that at some point. I'll give you yeah. the copy of the movie that I've got. It's pretty good. Um, it's got the soundtrack as well. Axel, I bought, I bought it, and it. I bought it. And it comes with the soundtrack, and the soundtrack is old songs and mm. the new stuff. I've got the um, first album. Have you got the first? Yeah, album? somewhere. Yeah, I've got like digital copies of all the songs. Mm. Now. It's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, so um, I was just really surprised. It's like really fun. Um, there is one song that's an absolute fucking banger, and it is um, Patrick accidentally starts a cult with the minnows. Mm. Like he says stupid shit, and they're like, they're like, oh yeah, no, this is this makes a lot of sense. And he like sort of splinters off from um, from SpongeBob and Sandy and goes his own way. And uh, has this is this all part of stopping whatever. the volcano. Yeah, it is all part of stopping the volcano. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, all in all, really fucking fun. Like it's not like it's not a perfect musical. A lot of the songs because they're written by different artists don't really match tonally all the time. But um, but yeah, like all in all, really fun. It's actually on Netflix as well. They've got like the Broadway version. Some yeah. of those actors, like Tom Kenny and stuff. No, I, I think Gareth Gates in the. He's he sometimes plays one of the characters in this, but he wasn't on this show, no. which I'm kind of glad about because apparently he plays Plankton, and like the person who was playing Plankton on this was fucking incredible. I thought he was SpongeBob. No, he never plays SpongeBob. It's too really? old. Yeah. No. The guy who plays SpongeBob was really fucking good. Um, it's really funny as well. Like the play itself, they don't. Like, there's a lot of stuff where they don't need to leave the stage, but, like, some of the actors do just run out if, like, a prop goes awry. Like, there's a part where, like, they've got rocks coming down from the volcano, and one of them bounces off and went into the audience, and the SpongeBob actor just sprints up the stairs and grabs it. I was like, oh, fuck, he's on the road, on the loose! <laughs> there's always that fear that if someone gets out into the audience, you're going to have to interact with them. They'll be like, what's your name, little boy? But I'm like, fucking no, leave me alone. Does he have to run around in a big <laughs> foam SpongeBob? Costume? No, no, he's just wearing like the shirt and glasses. They don't, it's not like full costumed. Oh. It is like they have like interpretations of those characters that they wear. But yeah, like really fucking fun. I imagine if you've got kids and they're into SpongeBob, this would be perfect. But for adults as well, there's a lot of decent jokes in there. Kids aren't SpongeBob. Kids are into Roblox. You need to take them to the Roblox musical. Where there's a Spongebob lift. I don't want to live in this world anymore. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? What is Roblox? Roblox? What is Roblox? How do you not know what Roblox is? What is it? It's that game that's basically a child labour scam. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, they friggin... How kids... did you not come up with this? You Roblox has been around for years. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's been around almost as long as Minecraft have. Fucking hell. But um, kids make games in it, yeah. and it makes loads of money for the company, and some kids, if they're lucky, may earn a little bit of money back that goes into their parents' account, I'm gonna, and it may be violating a lot of child labour laws. I'm going to give uh, Spongebob Squarepants the musical uh, Nicole Kidman. Mm. It's uh, a classy affair, but she'll do some shit sometimes. She'll do some shit What are you sometimes. saying about BMX bandits? <laughs> I was talking about Birthday Girl, but okay. Birthday Girl, no one remembers that. <laughs> yes, they do! And Invasion. Invade. Oh yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, and, and Australia. People forget that Daniel Craig's in some absolute shit. He's done some dog shit. He just doesn't... How were they not How are they not brave enough to just call it Invasion of the Body Snatchers? He, he literally just like... He turned, He gets really bad advice about what he should be in. Well, no, because he was in... Originally, he was his breakout role was in The Mother. Do you remember that yeah, film? Human Traffic. No, the mother was. Before. Mother was a TV movie. Was it? Yeah, that was the that was the drama thing. But he's in um, Human Traffic. That was his big. Was it? Yeah. Oh. Um, it's over Human Traffic. It's one of them. One of them friggin' like Twin Town or something. Yeah, not Twin Town, but he's in one of them. And mm. um, wasn't he in Shallow Grave? No, he's in one of those ones. Christopher Eccleston's in Shallow Grave. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Ecky, 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 son. Yeah. Right. Anyway, always, your review, Ant. He's always Eckied. Your review, Ant. Your review and 
Come and sing and do review. Um, right. I'm going to break the tradition with a Super Sentai thing here. Oh, for fuck's sake. Because instead of reviewing the whole series when it ends... I thought you were going to do a One Piece. Yeah, last. Because it's One Piece. It's a big deal. Right? But Super Sentai... Osama Sentai King Oja, the current series, has done something no other Super Sentai has done. It's effectively done a season one and a season two. So they they had a finale the other week. And then after the finale, there's a time skip forward of two years, like they're doing a second series. And there's an entirely different villain. And it's got a whole new setup and everyone's got a new look. And it's like they've just done the second series. So I'm going to review the first half of Osama Sentai King Oja. Because it's um, a lot less episodes to go through than the 50-some-odd that will be there when it's finished. But anyway, what are you doing now? I'm fucking reading about Daniel Craig's early films. Yeah, read about your fucking... Come on, get on with your review! Why does why? Your attitude. He's in... He's in 28 Days Later. Um, Is he? Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah, I think he is. No, that's Christopher Eccleston as well. Yeah, maybe. Same person. (laughs) How do you get those two mixed up? He's in Doctor Who. No, he wasn't. I bet he was. What do you oh. think the chance are he wasn't in Doctor? Anyway, Osama Sentai King Oja. It's got an RPG. Okay, plot. you won't, you won't, you won't guess this. What? But he's in something that you'd know. Is he? Yeah, like really, really know. He's in Star Wars. He's in The Force Awakens. He yeah, plays he a sword He's like trooper. a cameo, yeah. But yeah. no, this is like. So his first film was The Power of One, which is like a drama film. Wasn't he in Shopping with Stephen Dorff? No. But it's Daniel Craig's feature film debut set in South Africa during World War Two. But that's that's not like it. It just looks like a dog shit, like standard, like Afrikaans terrible movie. And somehow it has Morgan Freeman in it before Invictus. Uh, but Morgan um, Freeman's in a lot of stuff before Invictus. He was very famous before Invictus. No, no, no. But Invictus was his South African movie. He played Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Fucking. But no, guess like so. This is like so. If I say to you, nineties time travel, like it was massive. Like this was on Channel Four every other week. No, what a time travel thing. Yeah, and it was a massive film in the nineties. It was like the biggest kids' film in the nineties, and it was on fucking Channel Four like every other week, or Channel Five. But it was like a big thing. Like everybody knows this fucking movie, The Golden Compass. No, time travel. 90s. 90s. Movie. Movie. Come on. Do you want to give you some of the cast? Thomas Ian Nicholas from American Pie and from Rookie of the Year. No idea who that is. You don't know who that's the... Okay, it was Kid and King Arthur's Court. Oh, never saw that. How did you not see that movie? Never saw it. That film was on every fucking weekend. No? Yes. That was like that film was on a lot, but that was Daniel Craig as Master Kane. He was like a big character in that. Can't fucking believe you didn't. What are you talking about? What are you actually fucking talking? about? I was trying about? to talk about some Sentai King. Get Ranger. on with it. Get on with it. Anyway, so in this show, it's like an RPG, right? There's five kingdoms. Right, each kingdom's got its own theme, which is very RPG type thing. And thousands of years ago. The planet was invaded by a swarm of monster creatures called the Bugnarok. And it's been prophesied that they will come back and try to wipe out humanity. But luckily, there's these big-ass insect robot things on their side that they'll be able to use to fight the Bugnarok. And guess what happens? Bad stuff. Monsters turn up. 
and they need to fight the monsters. Anyway, the king of the Red Kingdom, like cause obviously they're color coded because it's like Power Ranger thing in it. Yeah, um, Sugar Dom is sugar, 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 not Sugar Dom, but like sugar, sugar gods, the sugar gods. It's a thing. He's a bit of a cunt. This guy called Rackley's. <laughs> yeah. And he has this whole he's idea. speaking my language now. Um, if everyone... He's he's sort of like set up as if he's going to be the Red Ranger. Yeah. Um, and his whole plan is that when the Bugnarok attack, he will let them weaken the other nations so he can use his power over them to get himself ultimate control of the world and then defeat the Bugnarok. Okay. Doesn't quite go according to plan. Oh. Um, young lad by the name of Gira. Is like, what the fuck are you doing, man? He just walks straight into the palace, which is kind of strange. Um, but he's just like, what are you doing, man? He just steals the sword that allows him to turn into a King Oja, and he turns into the Red King Oja and helps the other ones fight off the first invasion of the Bugnarok. And everyone thinks it was the king who did it. Um, and it wasn't, it was Gira. But then you get a little plot twist, and you're like, what the shit is going What are you looking at? I think there's a bird in your window. It's not, it's the wind blowing. No, there's a bird. No, there isn't. So they're like, "What's going on? Why is what? What's what's going on? What's this weirdness?" Because you know, there's a little plot twist. No one should be able to activate the king's sword thing and turn into a king Oja unless you have royal blood in you. <gasps> does he have royal blood in him? Yeah, it's very. It, does, it doesn't take long before it um, reveals that Gira is actually the long lost brother of his of the king Rackley's, um, Rackley's Hasty. Um, yeah. Hasty. Hast- Hasty. Oh, Hasty. Um, it turns out, yeah, it turns out he's like a brother who went missing years ago. They claimed that he died or some shit, and it turned out they just chucked him in the slums and tried to hide him and didn't have any memory of because he was too young to have memories really of what had gone on. Um, and then you know, for the next twenty odd episodes, you know, there's lots of back and forth. Who's got power? The team coming together. It doesn't have that normal format. It's not a monster of the week thing. It's like every episode blends into the next one. They're doing like full-blown, you know, one-season-long serialised storytelling. There's almost no episodes that sit as their own thing. They're all from one plot point to the next, bleeds from one to the episode to the next. The first, like, seven episodes is all just, like, the team, individual team members getting involved in different ways until eventually they sort of say, right, we're not a team, but we kind of need to beat the shit out of Rackley's and these insect guys, so let's just kind of work together a little bit. I was born um, the same day as Don Bluth. Oh, you poor bastard. What's wrong with Don Bluth? I don't know. You're Do you even know who he is? in Central Park. Okay. <laughs> but, um... Five all goes west, motherfucker. Hmm. Anyway, so... Yeah, they, they fight the Bugnarok. They get a sixth member of the team who's, like, half Bugnarok, half human, and he wants to bring the Bugnarok into the kingdoms so they can all live peacefully together. He doesn't You've get why... In your no, I haven't. They don't get why... There's like, he doesn't understand why they're all fighting each other, but it turns out he's like thousands of years old and it turns out the stories he weaved in the past were partly responsible for the wars kicking off and stuff. Okay. He's a storyteller type guy. He's actually the narrator of the show and you don't realise it until like he turns up. Okay. Um, Because he starts using the catchphrases the narrator and he sort of learns early on that he shouldn't talk so vaguely like the narrators tend to do. He sort of realises that maybe he should be a bit more precise as he goes on. talk in specifics. And the whole first series builds up to, you know, him negotiating uh, like a one-on-one duel with the Bugnarok king. The idea being whoever wins gets to become the king of Bugnarok and that will unite the new kingdoms. Bugnarok will get recognised as a new kingdom. Six new kingdoms. Bug-hatton. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, there's all sorts of dark stuff going on in it and characters getting killed and there's like evil villain who's like takes the place of one of the Rack- Rackley's servants <gasps> and you don't even realise he's done it for ages. There's little hints quite cleverly sprinkled throughout. Yeah. Um, that like he's people straight up. Chappy. Like it's weird for a Super Sentai show to be like, what happened to this original guy? And he's like, oh, he's probably like worm food now. Like fucking dead. Killed him. <laughs> he's, he's done so. Yeah, he's he's rotting, mate. No. He's fucking done so. Um, that's a really fun show. There's a lot of the production wise. It's weird because they're not shooting in lo- on location very often. Mm. Um, they do tend to have fights in the same little bit of field. Um, again, that's where all the duels seem to happen, and all the major big battles. Why not? But you know? the vast majority of the show is shot on sort of their version of the volume set. Oh, it's cool. not as good. Um, but it does mean that because you know they got the five different kingdoms, each one could be vastly different. It's all CGI backgrounds and stuff like that. Um, every kingdom does seem to have one like King. like twenty foot square piece of floor that everything takes place on in the streets um, or green screen floor, <laughs> which they don't. I don't. I think they've miscalculated the maps because you know, like on the volume sets when they move the camera, the set backgrounds meant to move in sync with it. Yeah. To move, I think they've miscalculated the movement, and sometimes it, like it doesn't. A massive treadmill, doesn't it? No, no, it's just um, the background okay. moves around. Nothing moves on the floor; it's all okay. background stuff. But sometimes they're they're moving the camera, and it's not quite right. It, mm. The perspective shift doesn't work right, especially if the floor is CGI as well. Yeah. Um. So it does look kind of ropey in places, but for for a show like this, where they're producing a year's worth of episodes every single week, there's a shitload of CGI. Like hardly any episode of the show doesn't have CGI in it, and it's all because they've they were building it for like six months beforehand in you know the program and all that. What's the turnaround on the show then? Weekly, like oh. freaking. They start filming it in like when the new series starts in like March. They start filming it around like Christmas, January time. My God, that's a so comment. yeah, but so How long but do once they it's film rolling, for, though, a full year. Jesus. Like as soon as they finish filming, they'll finish filming this show in like November. Yeah, and they'll start the next show straight afterwards. Oh, okay. But it's always a different team takes over the next one. <clears throat> I was going to say like it's not the same yeah. team each time. Sure, like the uh, like stunt suit actors and stuff will be the same, but like the actual production teams are always different each year. Generally, it's That's rarely cool. much crossover. But it's like yeah, it's all. So they don't have like they don't have like a specific team they work with each year. There's no sh- yeah, there's no showrunner for the entire thing. It's always a different team each year. Yeah, because like the previous series was. Um, done by thinking what's his name Inoue who's like a legend in tokusatsu writing and comic book writing and anime and stuff like what that what else has he done um he's responsible for Jetman and oh okay, okay like cool. the classic super sentais and some of the Carmen rider shows and yeah. uh he worked on was it devil man he worked on years ago he's one of the guys that was not the live action one no the anime oh okay but, um he's worked on some stuff like that because he was friends with Shotaro Ishinomori the yeah. Carmen rider and stuff but um he gets a lot of like criticism sometimes because his favourite plot device is character piece characters not communicating, um, and so they just start fighting because they don't understand what's going yeah. on. But um, this show's done by a different group. Uh, but it's really just fun. There's some cool stuff with the mecha. Um, the mechas have like these big old robotic arm rig things they're in, and they like it's like they've got grips that go over their hands and oh, like big an old rig like, thing, like um, like a frame thing yeah. that moves with them. It's kind of neat. A bit like Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, like yeah. an exoskeleton thing. Yeah. Apparently there's some like there's some company that does that for entertainment at shows and stuff, like a VR experience where you move them and you you know, you see like a VR representation of what you're doing, like a robot fighting or something. Mm. And they like hired for the whole thing. Um the finale to this first 
half was incredible. Like they built up to like a proper massive great big. They they brought together a team of twenty people, like people from each kingdom, and they all had to take control of one little mecha each to combine together into one giant mecha, which actually could move, which is kind of crazy. It's rare they actually move, um, and they saved the day. Wait, when you say like a giant mecha, like a like the real life one that bigger than like normal. Japan. It's just is massive. it Korea? Where is the know. giant? They've got a giant Gundam somewhere, don't they? Oh, there's one in um, Okinawa. Oh yeah, but that's bigger than that. Jesus. It's not a real mecha. It's a CGI misguided costume. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a fun show. I like the swords. The swords have a bop it thing going on. Each part of the sword is like um like you pull it, twist it, pop it. Bop each it. each yeah, it's like bop it, but each member of the team has their own main one. So like a scorpion tail or. Or one that's oh, like a, cool. yeah, and when they they flick it and it makes a noise, says yeah. words. Duh, 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 duh. But um, now they started season effectively season two, and the Red Ranger's now the Gold Ranger. He gets a crown that Why? turns him into a Gold Ranger, and there might be another Red Ranger coming soon. Oh, okay. Who's not actually a new Red Ranger? Oh no, they're going to be bringing in the previous series of Super Sentai Kyuuja. Yeah, the one Dino Charge is based on. Yeah. Um. The Red Ranger, and that is known as the King of Kings, and apparently he's joining the show as like a main character for seat for the new season. It's just wind. My wood, my window's open. I can hear flapping. There's no flapping. Oh, you're knocking stuff over. There's no bird in there. Maybe bats. It's just ghosts. Well, if it was just ghosts, they wouldn't make any so much fucking noise. They would. They love making noise. But anyway, um, this has been an interesting first half of Super Sentai. Very different. The last three Is years they've really been experimenting. very different, though, Ad? Yeah, there's no Monster of the Week going on. It's entirely serialised. wasn't the, like, the Cops and Robbers one a bit like that? No, Cops and Robbers one had a Monster of the Week the all the time. Was it the train one? Very much. They all, they all did it. There was one that you spoke about before where you Don said... Don Brothers doesn't so much. Maybe the Don Brothers. But Don Brothers was also doing the serialised storytelling, but... Not as much as this. Okay. Every episode of Don Brothers was still its own self-contained thing. Oh, I see. Okay. But there was always plot threads weaving yeah. through it. But this one is very much like... I think they're going for a kid's Game of Thrones type thing. <laughs> like, Oh, right. Where, oh, like, so there's actual like, subterfuge. And yeah, yeah. The Black Ranger on the team, you think he's signed to betray him a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, he's fantastic, actually. He's probably my favourite team member. He's like... Um, <laughs> you know when you get those... You know those Japanese theatre guys who stomp their feet and they... Do the whole hand thing yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that, yeah. and they're all like very dramatic. He talks yeah. like that all the time, like Kabuki Warriors. Yeah, he's yeah. got that sort of vibe going on. But um, it turns out his sister's being held prisoner by Rackley's. He wants her to be his wife, and he's trying to find a way of freeing Wait, he her. He wants his sister to be his wife. No, Rackley's wants oh, Rackley's the Black Ranger's wants... sister to be his wife. I was about to say this is getting fucking but, weird um, and specific. But the way it all builds up to them finding out that he's not betraying them all the time and yeah. switching sides, he's got a plan. He's slightly smarter than he comes across as. Oh, okay. Um, and then they eventually decide they're forming a team together, the Royal Sentai King Oja, and then they do the actual pose and everything. Oh, they combine. They do well, the still pose. There combine. was a Fist of the North Star reference in it. Really? Yeah, there's an episode, one of the characters knocks out, and Himeno, the the Yellow Ranger's a medic. Yeah. And she has to, she tries to revive the guy, and it goes to a shot of her up front. She does the arm wave thing, and it all just, <laughs> a, just a and then the yeah. North Big Dipper appears, and she goes on his head. <laughs> Just Does like, his head explode? No, nah, he just sort oh. of lies there for a few seconds. I don't think it did anything. She said, no, he's already awake. <laughs> just sits up. 
Does Gary, Gary Jules, Gary, what's his name, Gary? Gary Daniels. Gary Daniels. Woken zone Gary Daniels. Does Gary Daniels pop out and go, no, hey mate, no. I'm Fist of the North Star. No, no, I need to watch that film again. I was thinking about it's that It's so bad. I love that film. It's got Panos Cosmotos or whatever his so name is. Many. It's got sh- friggin... The weird, the weird guy who's it's in It's got friggin' Malcolm McDowell. It does, yeah. It's got friggin', um... No, it's Costius Mandalor. Costius Mandalor, that's yeah, what yeah, from Saw. Yeah, from Saw. Um, and it's got um, the Penn brother, Chris Penn. It does have Chris Penn. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Chris Penn. Um, he was like, in Footloose. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. He was in uh, arguably was never back. No, no. Um, what was the best of the best? Do you remember that film? Yeah, yeah, I remember best of Eric Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And Ernie Hudson. Yeah, most people remember Best of the Best too, though. With Ernie Hudson. Because the first film wasn't was a straight to video here. Was it? And the second film, because the first film was so popular on video, the second film got released in cinemas. Those films are fucking great because the second one's about a deaf club. <clears throat> Sweet. Chris Penn. Chris Penn gets killed in the beginning. Good. Fighting in the like the battles to the deaf, mm. which is. A very, very dramatic turn from the first one where it's a karate competition. Well, they've got to be the best of the best. You have to have some finality on it. like. No, they're the best of right now. Oh. They're the best that could afford to travel. Yeah, there's three of those films. Yes, there is. Yeah. I haven't it's, seen the third one. No one's seen the third one. No, no I don't think we don't even get it in a work. We have a double pack of best of best one and two. But How much is that? Ever in it. Every, it's only a couple of quid when it turns up. It's not worth it. What do you mean it's not yeah. worth it? Chris Pine has a cowboy hat. Oh, good for him. He's like, yeehaw! I'm mm. from New York. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the most devious bastard in all of New York City. What's your last review? Uh, it's not my last review. It's my oh. second to last review. I need oh, to pee. Fuck. Pause it. I'm going to pause it. Yeah, I'm going to go pee. Oh. I'm going to get water as well. Do you want to drink? No, I'm all right. Okay, I'm going to go pee though. Bye. Do go... Okay, alright, sorry. Quick now to piss. Alright, so it's my review next. Alright, so just to catch up everyone to speed, I went and grabbed some water and I went for a big old piss. Oh, um, so you just <coughs> refilled while you emptied? Yeah. That's not... That's in, out with the old, in with the new. That's how you do it, right? Out with the old, in with the new. Ah, tell me that's not how I do it. Every time. See, I minimise my pissing. I am in max pissing. You minimise your pissing. Yeah, you by never it. drinking. Yeah, you condense ever. it down. He, he literally just drops pellets like an owl. Just, More like a syrup. No, you drop pellets. <laughs> they look very much like they're just little little condoms full of cum, but you keep telling me they're your pellets from your condensed urine and poop. Why is it so hot? I'm dying! Anyway, Anne, I watched a movie. Um, now, I'm just going to come out and say it. You can't see this film in the UK. So this is really going to appeal to our audience. Is this Sound of Freedom? No, it's not Sound no. of Freedom. I'm never going to review that film. It's shit. It's a really bad film. Yeah. I've watched it. Yeah. No stars. No. Adam Sar No, it's going to get a Roy Schneider. No, Rob Schneider. The bad Schneider. <laughs> yeah, Roy Schneider. Sa- Roy Schneider. Yeah. Rob Schneider. R- Rob Schneider. Sound of Freedom is a bad movie. It's misery porn that is entirely based on lies. It's already been proven it's all based on lies. And one of the fucking producers was a fucking pedo in a film about catching pedos. Get oh, to fuck, you fucking stupid Well, much like the cunt. films, this involves a lot of projection. Dumb fucking people. Anyway, so um, so there's a film I've been looking forward to for fucking months. I love horror movies. Whenever there's like a semi-decent looking horror movie, I get very excited <laughs> and I want to go see it. Semi. And Dracula on the Boat is like the film. Oh, Last Voyage of Demeter. They changed yes. the name for the UK. Yes, Last Voyage of the Demeter, which in the US is called Dracula 
The Last Voyage of the Demeter. In Australia, it's called The Last Voyage of Demeter from the story of Dracula. And in other countries, it's called Dracula Demeter. It's so fucking confusing that they couldn't just... I'm pretty sure over here it's called Dracula something like Blood on the High high Seas or something. They couldn't, like... It's so easy to market this film. It's just a fucking vampire on the boat. You just call it The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, Oddly enough, in the US, this was released on the day that the Demeter arrives in London. And that's kind of the opening to the film, which is like a nice little piece of marketing that they didn't really announce anywhere or do anything with. Anyway, so this was meant to come out in the UK at the same time as it came out in the US, but they pulled it from theatres and it didn't come out. So... When I was, like, looking through my Odeon, I was getting really excited to go see this, and they had just pulled it. So they've changed the date now, and it's now being released after it's being released in the US on digital. So I just fucking bought it in the US. And I was very excited to go see this. Me and Liv were going to go see it. Like, I care very much about my girlfriend, but I really, really wanted to watch this horror movie, and I was very bored. So I watched the horror movie. Well, it's been released here as Last Voyage of the Demeter. Yeah. So, anyway, so... Put very simply, if you've read the book Dracula, you know that Dracula comes over to the UK on a boat, and when the boat arrives, everyone's fucking ganked. Well, this film's like it was one of the some of the production crew did Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, really? It was they literally they wanted to do a film about that part of the film. Yeah, yeah. Their idea was originally that it would be a sort of semi, well, not really a sequel, it'd be like in the middle of the film, but they would oh, get, okay. get the same cast back and just for that section. Yeah. And it'd have its own cast, and it was going to be a sequel to Bram Stoker's Dracula, but oh. then it never happened. Oh, well. But it's the same guys behind it still involved in this. So. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Right, so I was going to say that this feels like a production where they really, really knew what they wanted to do. There are a couple of janky CGI bits that just... I don't know if maybe it was time-based. Maybe they didn't have the budget to continue shooting or what. No, but there is Budget. <laughs> there was a scene where the sun rises... And it is very clearly like a digital transition from from night to day. And it like there's a shot earlier in the film that is actually, you know, a transition shot where it seems like the light is controlled and it looks like a realistic sunrise. But this one for some reason just is very, very digital. And I don't know if that's just a decision made by the team that was shooting it, but or as I said, if it was budget based, if they just couldn't get that shot during the shooting cycle, they may have just done what they could. Because um, I know this did have like a relatively small budget, had a short shooting schedule, um, forty-five anyway, million budget. So, so this this is the story of that ill-fated journey from Transylvania or from Europe over to the UK on a boat, and they have one piece of cargo. They're told you can one have one piece. Bonus. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's all a fucking conspiracy, mate. Pandemic, pandemic. I get it. Five G. Anyway, so. <laughs> The boat that's travelling over, when it arrives in London in the book, it's completely void of any any living members of the crew. Mm. Um, the crew documents tell the story, because it's a diary form, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the book. Mm. So it, it just basically tells how it arrives, there's no one on board. Yeah, the rich, there was, it's a chapter from the Bram Stoker's Dracula called The Captain's Log. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's basically the information that we share. And in this, we see the captain writing the log. And this film is fucking great. It's, I'm not even kidding. This is a really decent film, and I'm mm. so fucked off that it didn't get a release, like a proper release. So it'll be on VOD soon. Yeah, and it'll be on Netflix, and they'll be like, this is the Netflix film taking over that no one would see when it was in... We fucking couldn't, you dumb fucking stupid cunty fucking Facebook. It's universal, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so, um, 
so yeah, so basically it is that story, and you've got a crew, <laughs> there's a bunch of people we get to know, there are like little hints at personality, and you actually, you find out about this crew, and you get to know people, and one of the great things about this film, they do straight away, they let you know, hey, no one's fucking safe, I'm really sorry, they kill the animals, and there's a little boy on board, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, we know that boat's gonna be empty. <laughs> That's your appetizer. Um, and it is like, it is not a film that um, that sort of shies away from doing really fucking horrible shit to people that just don't deserve it. Like, there's one guy on the boat who initially gets bitten and they're like, oh, okay, we'll just, like, treat him and do the best we can. He manages to survive through the night and obviously starts changing into a vampire. And, and like, they just tie him to the fucking mast. They just tie him to the mast. They're like, he's lost his mind. He's gone crazy. It's the sea. It's the dead animals. It's all the stuff that's happening. It's the curse. You know, we've got a stowaway. Turns out Dracula's brought a snack with him. Like, literally, he's brought someone on board that he's going to just, like, feed on for a little bit. And when they discover her early, they fuck up his plans for how he's... And so he starts picking them off night after night. And it's just this really nice... It's almost like... It's almost like the Predator, but just on a boat. It's just this fucking horrible thing. Well, it's envisioned as Alien. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the first Alien film. Yeah, it is like Alien. That's a better example. Except you don't want to set fire to the boat while... That's kind of all they end up coming up with as a plan. And he can't launch Dracula out of the airlock? No, he can't. No. Um, But yeah, just... David DeMaschelon can't stand around his underwear. This film is is good. Like, it's Mm. really, really fucking solid. And like I said, there are moments... So I'm going to briefly spoil just one part of it. The little boy does get fucking got. And it's not even Dracula that gets him. It's one of the crew members gets bit, dies. They cover him. And he wakes up through the night and he chases the kid into the captain's quarters the kid locks the door and this fucking horrendously tense scene because they have a code on the boat where they communicate by tapping on parts of the boat Mm. and it echoes and people can hear it and it lets them know that everything's okay and the kid is fucking hammering away on the wall like trying to tell him like help help I'm trapped this and they can they get down there and the door is busted open there's shreds of flesh where the guy's forced his way between the cracked wood to fucking get at this kid and they find the kid completely drained but they're like the the ship's captain, who's the grandfather of this little boy, is like, I'll uh, I'll. They do like a very primitive version of uh, blood transfusion, so like they're trying to get blood to the Good kid, late. and he's he's sitting there, and the kid passes away, and the next day <laughs> they're going and like preparing the kid to like bury him at sea, hmm. and the the sun starts coming. It's up. really hard to do that. What just bury someone at sea? Yeah, because there's all the water in the way. You you dig. How long have you been workshopping that for when I do this review? How long have you... Where are the notes? I, I want to see the other versions shit, of that joke. Man. Fucking... <laughs> it comes from my brain. <laughs> it comes from my, my, my noggin. My, my noggins. My mind grapes. Um, oh, you're making my mind grapes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're, they're about to cast the kid's body overboard. Hmm. And the kid springs to life. Um. And the granddad's there, like, weeping over the bodies. The kid comes to life. And he's holding him at bay. As this kid's like eyes are completely white, he's like fucking snarling and going for the granddad, but the sun's coming up. As the sun comes up, the kid catches fire, granddad's hair starts burning off of his skull, and it's just this fucking visceral, really incredibly emotional, but also just tangibly disgusting and painful scene. It's like the embodiment of his fucking pain just ripping through his body, and it's so cool. But that's you special effects though, because um trouble fire. You're not allowed to set fire to kids. Friggin' narcs got like in the way of that. What was that? What was that? A safety narcs. What was that video you were showing with Simon Pegg the other day? There was a kid caught fire in there. Are you saying safety protocols have changed since the 90s? Probably. See, the problem was he, you caught fire there. That was your best one yet, but you yeah. caught fire at the yeah. end. 
Um, yeah, but last last voyage of the Demeter. It's it's fucking incredible. It's really tense. It's really it's it's got a nice ending as well. There's like a there's like a kind of almost open ending to it because one character does survive. Like spoilers, a character does survive, and it's the person no, that you Dracula. expect to survive. Dracula also survives, but he's not a person. But in this, Dracula is like this fucking. He's barely human looking. Hmm. He's just like this ripped up, like leathery, gross creature. Hmm. And at the end, when you see him. He is barely hiding what he is. He's like just got like a fucking cloak with a big. In um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, it's like during that whole sequence, he's like projecting to creatures in yeah. London, like turns into Wolf Guy and bangs what's her face. What's her face? Yeah. yeah, it's great. Not not Winona Ryder. Yeah, the other one. I can't remember her name, but she's in a bunch of stuff. Lucy. Yeah, it's Lucy. Yeah. Ah, oh, my sweet Lucy. She's, she's a little been bit affected. the one those three guys were simps for. Yeah. Oh, Carrie Always and Richard E. Grant? Yeah, and the other guy. Who's the other guy? I can't fucking I remember. I cannot remember either. But Lucy, was it Billy Campbell? Oddly enough, I'm getting Billy Campbell vibes. Yeah, yeah, it was, from Rocketeer. Yeah. Was it Billy Campbell? Yeah, 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 he's a Texan. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, it's Billy Campbell. My God, my brain is good yeah, tonight. I remember him eventually. Well done, brain. Yeah, I knew I'd remember that. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I only remember that because he's in Enough with Jennifer Lopez, where he's an abusive husband. Mm. Anyway, Last Voyage of Demeter, if you can watch it in the cinemas, this would be a great film to see in the cinema. Because, like, it is a bit dark. It would be better in, like, that big screen where you can really take it all in. But at home, it just... Unless you've got, like, a top-of-the-range, like, really nice HDR TV and you're, like... You know, you just lock all the... Like, shut all the windows and, like, actually make a dark environment to watch this. It's not going to have the same impact as, like, actually seeing it in the cinema. I imagine the sound mixing on this is fucking incredible. Yeah. Because all the, all the knocking and stuff, it is like surround sound style. I had to wear, wear headphones while so I was watching it. But as it was, like all projected. Did like no, no, that was because I had the vampire in it last night. Hun? I had the vampire in it last night. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait. Was he watching me do that stuff whilst I watched that movie? Yeah. Okay, because it was When the just... kid set on fire, he was like, I don't know why he had his dick out. Look... Right, it wasn't that scene that I had my dick out, or have you know, it was when the Russian guy... When the credits got, came up, you just love Russian reading so much. <laughs> oh, fuck, special effects, but... <laughs> no, I uh, I really enjoyed this. I think it is, I think it is like, it's such a shame this didn't just... They were so fucking hesitant to release it by the by the looks of it. It got delayed, it was supposed to come out in January, and it yeah. got delayed to like August and the or fucking, something. The title change makes no fucking sense. How are you meant to get word of mouth when you change the title four fucking times? Yeah. And it's not because of rights, because the name's not anywhere else as the same thing. You've got to put Dracula in the title somewhere. You don't have to put fucking Dracula on the title. Gotta let idiots know that Dracula's in it. It just, it's such a shame. You'd be, people, you have to remember, you know when, like, you always had that thing where, like, oh, Hollywood are dumbing down movies because they think people I are too stupid. I never said that. I said the movies were too but, smart. I can't follow this. Yeah. There's too the many is, women. You know, because people moan about that. Yeah. But the thing, one thing you learn when you work in retail with TV, film, media and stuff. Oh, here he goes bragging. Right. Is that um, people are that dumb. Yeah. There's a lot of them. And people who, and I'm not talking, like, people who you would, look at and go oh that's a stupid person and when they start talking you go that person's a bit dim I get that feeling sometimes I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking about people who are like who you, you talk to them and they seem like normal people who seem reasonably intelligent but then they just straight up don't understand stuff they've seen I had someone say movies are also woke now I can't watch movies anymore and I said do you not think that maybe you're the problem if you can't watch movies but they're still making movies and they went no, no. 
<laughs> we used to get people in HMV who would complain that the DVDs were in widescreen because the top and the bottom of the image was missing. Um, and then we'd get them going to the World Cinema section, which is World Cinema, yeah. buying the films and complaining that they were all in a foreign language. And they they were like, And they were like, does this happen? You get people coming up saying, is this one dubbed? And I'm like, it's, it's like, at the time, like 2012. I'm like, no, no one's releasing dubbed films. Anymore. We stopped dubbed films years ago. Yeah, for the most part, people can read nowadays. Yeah, you try it well, say that in Britain. Yeah. I do true. get a lot of customers who say they can't read and I have to read stuff to them. Really? Yeah, a lot. Oh my God. Um, but people, Is I'm not talking about them, I'm talking about people who just don't understand that might just be woke films in general. Like, we still get customers coming up to me asking me if the number on a game, you know, the certificate or film, is like the difficulty. Like, they think the certificates no, you on. Don't. People think the certificates on games are a difficulty rating. No, and you don't. Honest you to God. Even if you have on the back of the box with all the age content guides and everything, they still think that if a game's an 18, it just means it's difficult. I don't believe you. That can't be true. People are like that, honestly. No. Freaking. And insanity. People can't be like that. They are. They can't. Like gonna... And you're lying to me to make me sad. You can't be telling the truth. All right. Well, Last Voyage of the Demeter. Is Dracula. Incredible. Dracula. Dracula last colon. On a boat. Colon. Yeah. Dead and loving last... it. <laughs> it's Leslie Nielsen. Oh, boys. Let's have a quick drink of wine to celebrate the first night. I don't drink wine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what the hell? I'm outside drinking wine and eating chicken. I fucking love that movie. (laughs) (laughs) What was that you just popped in your mouth? It's a raisin from one of the scones. It's dropped off right there. Oh, of course it was a raisin. <laughs> it's not Mel Brooks' best. Ah, I've dropped my fork. Let me just retrieve that. Did anyone watch History of the World Part Two, the new one? Yeah, it was apparently really good. Was it? Yeah, apparently it was really fucking mm. good. I can't believe that for a second. Do you not? No, I think that no. Mel Brooks has done some good stuff since producers. I mean, a lot of people say Men in Tights was when he got really bad. That wasn't that bad. Men in Tights is great. Yeah, freaking weirdos. And then you get people who say Spaceballs is a weak one, and those people are liars. Yeah, space balls is, is a masterpiece. High anxiety though, young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, some freaking next level shiz. Young Frankenstein is one of the best films ever made. What massive knockers! Thank you. Oh my god! Look at all these hideous, disfigured creatures in these jars. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Marty Feldman in that man. Yeah, freaking fantastic Absolutely. British legend, and people don't even realise how famous he was over here. No, no, because that's the only film where he's like in America. Oh, really? He's in a couple of Carry On movies okay. um, and things like that, but like he never had any films that are famous in America, but he was like a major deal over here for years. Hmm. It was like him, Kenny Everett, Spike Milligan, those sort of guys. Oh, they were all in the same sort of time? They, well, they were all, yeah, around the same sort of era and stuff. Thing. Marty Feldman's probably a bit earlier than yeah. Kenny Everett, but Kenny Everett was radio DJ for years, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah um, you're done now. Yeah, um, yeah, really, really good. And that ending is actually quite cool. I do, I really like the... <coughs> it's just in a pub. It's like in a dingy bar, and it's like as close to. I, I I don't know if it was meant to be this, but it's a contrast between like there's no difference between land on land and sea for this creature. It's just looking at everything like a meal, and mm-hmm. it's the way the guy's like writing down the last pages of his own journal as to what happened on the boat, and it's just the creature is just like as I said, just barely hiding the fact it's a fucking monster. It's wearing a hat, 
He's got like a fucking like a high collar jacket on. And he's just got a cane as he's walking around. It's like, mm. like it's really. It feels very much like an animal barely holding and on. Then you see a boat leaving for New York, and the camera <laughs> New York City, and the camera zooms in, and it goes down the hole in the deck. You know when they got those grid pattern things, and it goes down, and it moves down, and it's past all the crates, and then it moves, and there's there's a Dracula egg. No, 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 no. There's, there's, there's loads of Dracula there's, eggs. There's a hat and a whip. And then yeah. there's the Ark of the Covenant in that box. Hmm. As da, 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 and then lots of Dracula eggs. And then Dracula eggs. Because the next film's going I, to be called Dracula's. You, have, do you watch <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows? Yes, I'm, I've seen bits of it. No, oh, right. no, there's no, a there's no, a no. Se- like last season. Who's so, got the time I, to watch a TV show like that? Well, speaking, I just watched Super Sentai and it's Star Trek. <laughs> it's only ten episodes a season. You blast. It's eight hundred and ninety. Seven episodes you'd, of Star Trek. Yeah, you'd, you'd love what we do in the shows. But the the fourth season, there's an episode where it turns out Simon the Devious has created this like home renovation program just to get back at one of the vampires. And he goes, do you know who watches our show? It's mostly the infernal dying or people at airports. I once showed an exposed butthole, an asshole on screen for 10 seconds, unbroken. Not a complaint, not a whisper. <laughs> he goes, ah, yes, series four, episode six, home and ship lap, I believe. Like, you really watch the show? Like, I really do have a big fan. That means so much to me. <laughs> Just so you're aware, Greg was a real guy. We found him actually a veteran, had three kids and a loving wife. It's like, why can't you just find someone who knew that stuff before? It's all about the show, you know? You really gotta find someone with that it factor. I fucking. <laughs> we took him, to, took him to architecture school. We put him through several classes. And you just, you just killed him. In the first episode, it's actually like a scene where the camera's panning for a room and Nadja's in the background giving a thumbs up with his dead body. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Right on, go flip yourself. Anyway, sorry, I'm just getting excited about what we do in the shadows again. Your review, Aaron. Go on, talk about One Piece. One Piece. Yeah, the Live anime action. series that you watch 600 odd episodes it's of. It's 1,075 Because you love fucking Super Sentai, so it was the same thing. You were like, look, Matt, how much TV I can watch. And I'm like, well, I have to sleep sometime. And you're like, well, you're falling behind. I'm going to spoil it no, for you. I just you. watched the Netflix show. It's, yeah, only, that it's only eight episodes. It's surprisingly really good. Yes, it is, isn't I, it? I enjoyed the shit out of it. And this is as someone who found the original dub of the anime insufferable. Um, and I, I stopped watching the anime after the first series. Yeah. Because could not be asked I've it never anymore. been able to crack it. I've tried many times. It's, it's, it's better watching Japanese and stuff. And the new yeah. dub's better, apparently. But Apparently they've remastered some of the first season. Yeah, there's some widescreen stuff now. Yeah. It's been reanimated and shit. Um, um, I, but I've also been told you can watch the movies. If you watch the movies in the right order, they fill in most of the story. They're what, a couple of the movies are like... like the dra- You know, like um, they do sometimes in some things where they just make it a compilation of yeah, that's basically stuff that told. happened... There's yeah. like 22 movies as well. Yeah, there's one a year. It's been one a year since the Jeez. early 2000s. But um, there's one piece live action show which is produced by some people. I don't know. Yeah, um, uh, it's actually produced by the original creator. Well, you mean he gets he's, he's a producer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah right. he helped write it and stuff as well. Yeah, but so was what's his face? What an on Cowboy Bebop. That wasn't that bad. He was all right. This is better. Like um, people got really pissed off about that because they're fucking racists. Yeah. 
This like, a lot of people had complaints about John Cho being fucking Spike Spiegel. They were like, he's American. It's like, no, he's fucking... No, he's not. <laughs> and then they had a go because that guy was black. And it's like, he's not black in the series. He's like, called Jet he's, Black. Yeah, he's meant to be fucking <laughs> No, he's black, black in the series. He's, yeah, fucking... he's just grey-skinned. I'm yeah. sorry, that's not racist enough. Not black enough. Anyway, One Piece. It's great. Um, the, the, to have the balls to actually make this show, it's kind of crazy. Because there's no version of One Piece you could do that isn't going to be ludicrously expensive. You can't do high seas adventures, special effects. Even if you took out the the powers, if you drained away everything that made it One Piece and made it a normal pirate show, it would still be a ludicrously expensive TV show, wouldn't it? Like you can't you you can't have friggin' boats at sea unless you're what was that Black Sails? Yeah, Black Sails. Yeah, that's the but that's still probably had a ridiculous budget as well. But um, no, they've done a really good job. The casting is the thing that stands out most in this. Like everyone on the cast is kind of spot on. Um, like they all took it really seriously. <clears throat> you know the guy, the chef guy is introduced. Yeah, Taz Skyler is. Yeah, did you Sanjay. hear about how much shit he went through to? Like he went to culinary school and shit, and then like did martial arts and yeah, fucking. Yeah. Like, I watched really a video seriously. of him making the um, swordfish yeah. tuna thing. He makes that gets put to one side by the chef. Yeah, by Zef. Um, but friggin' Inaki Godoy is like... Um, he's um, Zoro. No, is he Luffy. Oh, Luffy, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's like spot on as Luffy, because that's what you need from Luffy. Luffy should be encouraging and like endlessly optimistic and all this sort of stuff, he, apart from when he doesn't, when he needs to be serious. My problem my problem with the anime, like I say that I could never crack the anime or the manga. I've tried. I just cannot. It just won't. It's not for me, I don't think. It was very hyperactive, those yeah. ones. But this this kid playing Luffy in this, he not hyperactive, plays at the right tone. He's mm. not like my my biggest problem with One Piece, the the manga and then the anime as well to a certain extent. He's always like just a fucking leaf on the wind. He's not really focused. He doesn't ever None really of the know what's going on. The, the manga, the comic, and the anime is like pure comedy. For yeah, they're all just fucking brain dead. Gets dead serious, but everything's every, there's always a chance for a laugh in those. But in this, like the whole reason everybody's drawn to this kid is the kid's like, what's, what's your dream? Yeah, he's just charismatic yeah. and encouraging. He's and, like not even really a pirate. Like the whole thing about he's, him being uh, he's a pirate. A pirate. That's the, the whole point of the show. I know. I know. Um. The stuff with Kobe. Kobe isn't in the anime anywhere near as much as what this has. It's Kobe. The, the kid, kid with glasses. Yeah, the one who joins the Marines. In in the anime, that first episode, same sort of setup. Yeah. Um, and he goes off and joins the Marines. And then you don't see from him for ages. He just yeah. turns up again every now and again. And he's moved up the ranks. I did get the feeling of that. And he's it. become like a student of Garp and all that. Yeah. Um, but I love that it's like they, they've, they've clearly thought about long term on this. Mm. So I think what they're going to try and build towards probably going to be a deviation from the anime and books and everything is that eventually they will be proper rivals because because Kobe starts learning the martial arts skills from Luffy's granddad yeah in, he, he becomes like a surrogate granddad yeah him, doesn't he? And so, yeah but um, there's all sorts of stuff the way it embraces the most ridiculous aspects of it like freaking Jeff Ward as Buggy the Clown and having him be so good top. I mean Jeff Ward was great in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like yeah. underrated guy that it was fantastic in Agency because he was Deek. I barely recognised him in this. It wasn't until I looked up who he was yeah. that I saw and like I really, of, really clever casting. Yeah. Um the guy playing Zoro, Macken Yu. So good. Um Sonny Chiba's son. Really? Yeah. Um I knew him from Carmen Rider Drive, oh, one of the movies. Sake, he's one of the Carmen Riders in Carmen Rider Drive. 
Um, there's a time travel one. Oh, is um, there? I was yeah. like, I recognise. He's also in Rurouni Kenshin, one of the oh, films. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in one of those ones. Oh, fuck. Um, he's in a bunch of shit, man. I, um, I really like those films. His accent is spot on as well, but he is half American. He's like, his mum's American. He's got that good, like, he's got a very cool accent. He yeah. doesn't seem to be trying too hard to put it on. He's just like, yeah. he, like he, he sort of sings his words. It's really weird. He's like, he's like, you never, you're like, I'm just trying to find the, the kitchen. Like, mm. all the other shit, like, Trying to find the wine cellar—that's what it is, isn't it? Like that. Episode. But he's really good. He's done. They've done a good job casting him. And the guy who plays Usopp. Um, fuck, I can't remember his name. Cliff something. Clifton something. Clifton Jacobs. Can't remember. Um, I don't know how they got someone to play Usopp. They didn't make him look like Usopp much at all. But like his face looks like Usopp's face to me. He who keeps, is Usopp? Usopp's the long-nosed one in the anime. He does the slingshot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this, he's like he ha- he doesn't have a long nose in this, which his is the his one mouth prospect. Is fucking insane. Yeah, he does weird stuff with his mouth and eyes, and yeah. I'm just like, I don't know how he pulls off looking like a cartoon. He's character the only one who came off as a little bit irritating. I like him. He's good because he's so cowardly and stuff. But yeah. wait until he gets Tony Tony Chopper on his side, and they start hanging out together. Well, I get the feeling that he's going to be better. At I want to know how they're going to do Tony Tony Chopper. He's a little tiny deer person, <laughs> little like three foot tall deer man. Yeah. Um, That'll be interesting. Um, and Amber Rudd as as Nami, like she's good. Who they is did... she? Amber Rudd. That's her name. She's in a bunch of stuff, but she's not. She was never like big name person or anything. No. But um, no, nah, she she did a good job. Nami's different different sort of tone for Nami. Nami's not as shouty in this and yeah, all that. She's very much like they they were building up to having that emotional moment at the end of episode seven, which was freaking spot on perfect. Like and even recreated the like one of the most famous images of One Piece with like Sanji sitting on the rock smoking, Usopp getting ready, and Zoro said to one side with his arms folded, just after he puts the hat on Nami's mm. head, because you know you're part of our team. She's like, help me, and it's like ready to kick some ass. Um, the guys playing the fishmen, Emily like, covered Rudd. in Emily, Emily Rudd, Rudd yeah. yeah, Amber Rudd, Amber Rudd's uh, English actress. Oh, Emily Rudd, same thing. I don't know Rudd's. Oh, she was in Fear Street. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, from. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the fish guys. Good times. Freaking Craig Fairbrass, like, was freaking amazing in the three episodes he's in. Craig he was... Fairbrass, of all people, was Chef Zeph. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Like, like uh, you forget Craig Fairbrass is actually a really good actor when you consider that most of the films he's in nowadays are football hooligan films and gangster films in London, yeah. innit? But you forget he was in stuff like Scum. And like freaking yeah, like he's in a whole ton of really good films. His the episode that is literally just the story of him and that young chef is fucking incredible. Yeah, Sanji. Yeah, yeah. Just it's one of the best episodes of the series, and it's just a rock. And yeah, like well, it's yeah. not the whole episode. It's like a ten minute flashback. Is that ten minutes? Yeah, it's it like a, a short flashback. It wasn't that long. Sorry, I watched um, it a long time ago. But the um, yeah, all the stuff they put in there it's really nicely detailed. The um, the guy cast as Yasop, um, Usopp's dad. Yeah. Um, in it briefly, but he, you know, you see him in the flashback sequences doing all the gunplay. There's that fight in the bar. It's amazing. Where it's all just one, like one nice, really cleverly put together series yeah. of shots. Just it's meant um, to be a one isn't it? Because yeah. it drifts between the two. It's all cleverly put yeah. together and stuff. But um, even at the end of the first episode, I was kind of sold on it. Yeah. That whole the bit when they they're fighting all the marines after he free after they get the treasure chest and everything. They're in that courtyard. And they've just freed Sanji, and they, you know, and Zoro's about to run off. Nami's fighting with the stick, and Luffy's yeah. doing his thing because he's got a bit of a Capri- Capriera style, but he's like 
swinging around people and dodging yeah. them. He's not really beating them up or anything. But, he doesn't um, kill anyone. He just no, knocks Luffy, people out. Luffy yeah. allegedly never kills anyone, but... Um, there's a bit in the anime where he's got a sword mm. and Zoro's like, give me the sword because it's a really cool yeah. samurai sword. And Luffy's like, no, nah, it's mine. I'm fighting with it. And when he's fighting people, instead of slashing them with the sword, he's just punching them while holding the sword. Um, <laughs> that's like a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> he's then Zoro's just like, you're not using it right. Um, I want to see him do that. But I'm looking forward to what they do in Series 2 because Series 2, the villain's called Smoker. Yeah. That's the next arc. He's a marine captain. He smokes two cigars at once and he's he's eating a devil fruit that ter- um, that turns him into smoke. Oh, so he can poof, disappear. That's cool. Um, I want to see what they're going to do with uh, with Captain Alvida because she doesn't have her powers yet, but she gets powers, no, she gets powers she? and the fat drips off her. So I don't know yeah. if that's going to happen. In, I don't think they'll do that in no. this because um, she becomes slim and sexy and stuff in the yeah. comic. It's one of the more well don't, weirder like, things. Doesn't everyone on like basically everyone in One Piece's crew um, get powers? No, no, most of them are. There's only Luffy, Luffy and Robin are the only ones who've got powers. Usopp gets powers as well. If um, nah, Usopp, Usopp gets to, takes on another personality for a while. Oh. The Soge King, the Sniper King. Okay, um, and they don't know it's him, oh. sort of. Um, but there's also a big old fish man that joins the crew, and there's a skeleton guy. He's got powers, but San, Sanji and Zoro and Nami never do. Okay, and Usopp don't doesn't because the Devil Fruit. The whole thing about the Devil Fruit is it kills a lot of people, doesn't it? No, it gives them gives them powers, but they're um, weak to the ocean, and but the land people, is ninety nine percent ocean. Don't don't some people just die? I think like the devil fruit does kill most people that consume yeah, it. I maybe. think that's like one of the rules. But um, yeah, because yeah. you know when Nami draws that map, yeah, and it's just like a goat, and there's like a line of land through the middle. That is that is the One Piece map. It's yeah. like there's one line of land through the middle. There's a mountain with the water flows uphill. Yeah. Um, which that'll be part of the next series because they have to go through there to get to the, the Grand Line, but yeah. they end up like going to each section. Yeah, because like, there's it's the it's, West Blue, the East Blue, South Blue. Yeah, because isn't it like the map isn't complete? They have to like get. Different- there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on in the show, but um, yeah, I'm wondering what the ending's going to be because I, I think the possibility for One Piece when it ends, the actual anime, I don't think this show's ever going to get there unless they skip loads of stuff. Well, they could have their own ending. If they do this 20 years from now, that guy playing Luffy still. Because, <laughs> um, you know, humans age. <laughs> yeah, they could have their own ending to this. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is like a natural conclusion to this. You do you do like three or four seasons where they're going around the different sections and then you have a final season where they go to the, the Grand Line. Yeah. Um, but There's loads of stuff. There's a time skip in the anime as well. It jumps forward two years and they all go training for two years. Yeah. So they can beat someone. No, I thought um, so they could travel to the Grand Line. Yeah, they get tougher. they got to be yeah. stronger. Because um, Sanji goes and trains with Mihawk and stuff. Yeah. The guy playing Mihawk was spot on. Mihawk's the, fucking the sword, sword guy. guy. Yeah, fighting with his little knife. Yeah, and he has his um his old you know I don't hunt rabbits with a shotgun. Yeah, um thing, and he's got his ludicrously massive sword. That's the sort of thing that's great about it. They don't they didn't avoid having any of the weirder anime stuff, but the no, extremely they just anime did stuff. It. They just, yeah. and also like, did you see like? This is the thing that this is the thing I think that That's why um, I think Tony Tony Chopper is gonna look just like he does in the anime. One of the things <laughs> that one of the things that I've really started to and I know it's COVID based restrictions and shit like that, but it's been going on for like the last two decades, but I think it's ever since the Clone Wars, like 
fully CGI sets just don't work. They do a lot of CGI sets in this more than no, you'd realise. No, I know, I know, I know, but... They use the vol- volume sets for But they make stuff. sure that there are physical things yeah, for them yeah. to interact with. But the, the Barate set is, like, quite clearly a facade with the bar bits built, the yeah, facade and the and the ship. tables and the chairs and, and like, the... Gra- oh, the inside bits of the hotel. And they have a staircase but as that's, well. That's a, real, that's a real location. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not the... Ba- that's, but, but the, the outside... Walls are the, the I mean, the outside actually, part. Like, a lot of the walls are CGI. They're mm. facades. But the, like, the outside bit is just a... They built the boat side. They built yeah. the bar bit that's at the end with you know, yeah. the fish mouth. Yeah. And the bit where they have the fight. And then there's a couple of boats around the edges. Yeah. Apparently they pinched some boats for some other shows that were being filmed. <laughs> um, but then it's like all green screen walls. And yeah. like the water tank isn't as big as you'd think it would no, be and no, all that. No. And like it's it's very clear that they at the very least know what they're doing. And they've given their actors mm. enough to act towards. It's, it's the craziest thing is the producer of the show, I can't remember his name. But um, his credits before this were all like CSI. And yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. It's like it's quite clearly some guy who's been working on TV shows for years, but he's a secret weeb, yeah. and he's just wanted to do an anime adaptation. Like this is we the should first... let him do Cowboy Bebop. This is the other thing that I can't get over, and I've been watching like more and more of it because I, I went back and watched a few of the other episodes. Because I my favorite episodes are like basically the clown, the circus they go to, incredible. Yeah. Um, the the second episode where they where he's like trying to assemble a crew and he's that's the the heist episode in the where she steals the outfit and Luffy just ends that's up the first in, episode is it the first episode yeah the second episode um is the second episode the one with the queen and where they meet Usopp no the second episode's the the clown the clown that's yeah. what I'm talking about yeah okay all right because um, the third episode third and fourth episode is when they go to it's not queen she's just no, rich she's like but Usopp's introduction yeah. second. Next one's the boat, Barate, and the last two is the pirate village. But I've been like, so I've been trying to work it out, like, how does the stretching look so good in this compared to everything else I've ever fucked Stretching's really hard to do. Do you know how effects. they've done it in this? It's always, like, out of focus properly. Yeah. So, you know... They like, did have a physical prop on set of a stretchy oh, arm, really? but they just didn't use it. So, basically, when his arm goes back... Mm. I've watched other shit and like they do keep it in focus because they're like look mm. how impressive I stretch but his arm when it goes back it goes with perspective mm. so it gets blurrier and smaller and less in focus as it goes back and when it comes yeah. forward the focus stays on the point that you are at before yeah and that's the detail of him grabbing his shoulder as he punches yeah. which is a Luffy thing when he throws a punch well it's also to draw focus well it's um well, if you had a big swingy arm like that and you shot yeah. it forward, you need something to hinge it on. Oh yeah, yeah. So in but, the anime, he always holds his shoulder and swings, and but like a lot of stuff this, does that as well. Like a lot of his moves are to pull focus so that that perspective change doesn't feel mm-hmm. weird. But you never focus on the fist when it stretches. So we did the um, bazooka, he did the gum gum bazooka, yeah. launch the guy flying. And even that, even that, his yeah. arms. Even oh, he did the freaking jet as well when he's just punching yes an all-star style so you know like on that that last scene specifically i had to rewatch because i was like how does that not look like dog shit because i've seen this mm. move done before and it always looks like shit and again he's in focus his hands aren't it's like mm. the camera is like perspective based yeah that's what i done i mean i did notice some of the like stretchiness of it but yeah because it's it's hard to do it's a hard effect to pull off it's even when they do that fantastic four film it's all Eventually, bad. It's going to look... Even though the budget was massive. Nothing will ever look better than the Roger Corman Fantastic Four film <laughs> where they just the put end. a hand yeah. on a big yeah. pole. <laughs> full. Um, no, like, yeah. there were... There's, like, some really good shots. Like, the intro to his power mm. is behind a jug that smashes and then you just see him and he's in focus. The jug's gone. So the camera's already focused on him when the jug goes. It's really good, really clever yeah. little bits and pieces that they've done just to it's stop real, you focusing on the effect. 
And that's the secret to it. Like, even, you know, um, the introduction of the guy with the sword, where he destroys the boat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boat's never in focus. The boat explodes. We we see him do the swing. The boat explodes and tears apart, and then we go to a shot above it, and we see the destruction as the boat just tears apart, and then we focus again on him. I like that they kept the um, the wanted posters flying in. And I love that shit. Away. That was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like the... We see that Thingy's still alive at the end. Um, what's his name? What, Buggy? Stonks. Stonks. What's the name of the pirate that he... The straw hat pirate, the guy that... Oh, from the, Shanks. Shanks. Yeah, yeah, because he's a major part of the, what's yeah. coming up. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that we see him just chilling out. What if they'll do Luffy's brother? They'll probably save Luffy's brother for later. He's got a brother. Yeah. Called um, A.S.D. Dragon or something. Oh. Um, and you find his dad later as well. His actual dad. He's an arsehole. Um, yeah, um, monkey, monkey, monkey D dragon. Yeah. Something like that. But, um, Is yeah, he's he got the really a, fat guy? No, no, no. Little big jerks, a lot of them. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'll be interested. I reckon the next series is probably going to entirely focus on Smoker, though. Because yeah. that's like the whole second, that's like a long arc in. I reckon it'll be Smoker and Buggy. I reckon Buggy's coming Buggy back. Buggy comes back constantly. Yeah. He, like, the Epanier Soda's favourite character. Really? Like, he just, he crops up all the time. Loved how they he got, still turns up in the new episodes. I love how they got rid of him. Yeah, they just... Just fucking lock his bits of body away. Yeah, yeah. You know, little head. Yeah. Um, it was friggin' just popping apart all over the place. Yeah. I like the fact that, like, they just chopped him. There wasn't, no need to do the effect of, like, blood and stuff. It's just... No, no, that's, that's how it is in the anime. Yeah. Because he's just, you know, just like... He's Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, he's kind of, it's not really rubbery, but... Yeah, it's like there's no bones or anything in there. Yeah, but there's no bones in Luffy either, unless they need there to be bones inside Luffy. I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, because Luffy later on can transform his body parts into like actual material. No, he um he makes them bigger stuff into like he, metal and stuff. Oh, he has the there's the hacky which yeah. that hasn't been introduced yet. Oh, okay. well, Garp has got a hacky ring. Okay, Garp, you see it on him. Yeah. Um, but that's like fire and all this sort of stuff. Luffy. Okay. Like, he'll power himself up and turn himself into a hot thing. Yeah. But his first power-up is where he just starts going shiny, and he's sort of a bit shiny. It's like steam rising off him and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and he's got one where he blows his... Like, he bites into his thumb and blows it up, so his fist gets massive, and then he punches <laughs> things. I liked, um, um, really liked yeah. how sinister the torture was for him. Like, needlessly sinister and fucking horrible looking, that tank that just fills with seawater. Yeah, yeah. Just like I like seawater as a weakness. For yeah, him. it's a really clever idea. Yeah. They want to be pirates, but they're all he's not afraid of going out to sea, even yeah. though it's like his because he, he, he sinks. That's yeah. something you only well, see he a little just bit. Loses all his physical powers. Yeah, but he, he sinks in in oh, seawater. Right. So if he falls in the ocean, someone has to get him out. He can't get yeah. back out. Like he he will sink to the bottom and drown. Yeah. Um. And yeah, because that's what happens outside the baritone. Because that's all in. of the people that eat devil fruit, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They're all they're all some sort of weakness like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the next series because um, well, they have there's a there's a witch woman called uh, not a witch really she's like this old lady who wears like hipster trousers yeah. and stuff but apparently Jamie Lee Curtis wants to play her oh yeah because she's like a huge <laughs> One Piece fan isn't yeah she? she's a big nerd her favorite character is Tony Tony Chopper but um, yeah cause she's got that she got given a plush of him didn't she during yeah. the interview but there's um that'd be interesting if they got Jamie Lee Curtis in it I think she'd kill it in that she'd love to she'd do it as well yeah. she's and also despite the fact she's an old lady she does loads of physical roles and pulls them off like no one's business but she wouldn't need to in there she's just like this woman who runs a like a island oh really in it but, um, she wouldn't yeah. be in it a ton I can't remember the name of the character um, 
But no, it'd be interesting to see if they do it. It'll fucking, it must be super expensive. But apparently the second series was already written before the strikes kicked off. Oh, really? So they were, they were going to enter production at some point, but I'm guessing that's going to be delayed. Break, yeah. But it's good they've... I mean, Netflix is probably really glad this has been successful because the last season of Stranger Things happens soon, doesn't it? Well, that's um, if it's ready to go. There's rumours that they might need to do some rewrites and stuff. Apparently it's going to be in two halves, like the last season. But, yeah, um, but they, there's, there's like some CGI stuff they're still yeah. working on. Sure, so. But like, once Stranger Things is done, they don't have anything. Because they've cancelled all the shows that could have been something. Yeah, that's true. And also, all the stuff that does well is expensive. Like yeah. Extraction and this and yeah. Stranger Things are all million-dollar properties, aren't Extraction they? made them a load of money, though, I think. Extraction's really good. That's it's shit. Way, Fucking bullshit. It's way better than it, than it needs to be. For something like... For something that's that's got someone like Hems, like Chris Hemsworth behind it, like he's he doesn't need to be doing it. But he puts a lot into that fucking role. Like what, about, he, what was that film with Gal Gadot that came out recently? Oh, Heart of Stone. Yeah, I didn't watch I that. I don't know why people keep putting money into someone who's a fucking... She was an Israeli officer, wasn't she? Yeah. She's like proper dark past. Like, yeah. She killed Palestinian What was people. the other one? Red Notice? Yeah, that was dog shit yeah. as well. And the Grey Man, that was... The Grey Man was dog shit. Chris Evans was fun, innit? Mm. That was about the only thing I could say about it. That other than... She let me make a film. Yeah, I'll make should. Bright should... 2. They should start actually genuinely start like branching out and making decent films. Yeah. It's all they need to fucking do. It's it's not that hard. You just need to stop relying on the talent that they've they already got Power Rangers soon. Have they got Power Rangers soon. Yeah, Power Rangers. Netflix is uh, gonna be showing Power Rangers exclusively. Hmm. Um Cosmic Fury's gonna be on there. It's a oh. ten episode series. Billy's back. Is he? Billy's gonna be back. That's cool. My favourite Ranger. Um but yeah, yeah, I just I, it's such a shame that like they didn't do more with. Um, they could have done another series of Cowboy Bebop. It was all right. Like I don't know why they were so against it. Um, anime nerds. You reckon it's anime nerds? Yeah. But um, they didn't get. I did see a couple of YouTubers trying to stoke the, um, you know, pre hate on One Piece. Really. And stuff. Um. Before it even started, I've even seen one who seems to be sticking with it, but I don't think people are biting. No. I think they're like, no, I'm happy with this. This is good. Um, I mean, the thing that seems to have won them over is that they work the theme tune for the anime into the score. You mm. can hear it like We Are playing every now and again. Um, when they get the boat, the first time the Going Merry sails off, yeah, it plays We Are, like an, a classical version of it. Um, cool. Good for them. It was, that was fun. I recognise that. Um, but yeah, One it's Piece. Also, it's a fucking beautiful show. Yeah. like and, and Nice to see colours. I think they, there's a bit of grayscale to it, but I think it'd be nice if they pulled that away. Again, like some tired of grayscale in TV shows. I know that I know that there is like a lot of CGI in this, but yeah, you're not going to make it without it. But the sets are fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, I cannot get over some of the sets in this series. Something freaking did the going merry of a giant freaking cartoon Goat's goat, goat yeah. on the front of it. Just great. I'm telling you, they're going to do Tony Tony Chopper as a little, <laughs> or, or you get an actor, and you make him look like a human. <laughs> As a reindeer, little reindeer person, right? Yeah. But you shrink him down to three foot tall in every shot. <laughs> so he's just a tiny guy wearing a big hat. I wonder if they'll do the mecha combination later as well. What's the mecha combination? There's this big guy who joins the crew later and he has this combination he tries to get him to do where Sanji and Zoro are the legs and Usopp's one of the hands <laughs> and Tony Tony Chopper sits on his head. <laughs> nice. They do it, he does it once. All right. And Robin wouldn't join in. 
Which one's Robin? Robin's the other girl that joins the team. Oh, okay. She's got I think she have like multiple limbs or something like that. Um but she wouldn't join him. But no. It's better than the first series of the anime when it was shown on for, on Cartoon Network back in the early two thousands. It's it's <laughs> with just the weird so, accents. It's so well cast and it's so well done mm. and it looks amazing. Oh, there is one thing, McKenyi. Who? The guy who plays Zoro. Yeah. McKenyi. Yeah. Every time I hear his name, do you know what I think of? The Mask of Zoro. No. Antonio Banderas. No. 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 Who? Um, that episode of um, Look Around with You where they sing the songs of the future. And it's got Kevin Elderson, and his song goes Macandinu, Rapidinu, Macandinu, Dinu, Dinu. I keep thinking of Macandini. I can't I just, stop. I just think Zorro because they call him Zorro all the time, man. No. All right then. All right then. But no, I agree. I One thought Taz is- Skyler was doing a weird accent as Sanji. Who? Taz Skyler. No, that's his actual voice. Yeah, that's really. Yeah. It was bothering me. I was like, what type of British accent is that? Yeah. So he's do- it was like, oh, he's doing British, but then I kept picking up elements of like a Germanic accent in there. Yeah. But um, no, that's just his voice. That's just his voice. It's better than the voice in the first series of One Piece, though, where it was like um, it was the guy who played Joey oh, Wheeler. That was that was one of the scenes that really I really enjoyed. So you know where they they storm the the island of the fish people, yeah, and it's Zoro and and oh Zoro Sanji and Usopp, but Usopp runs off. Usopp runs off, but so he's got his own thing. Going he's got his own on. thing going on. I'm not I'm not just not a huge fan of Usopp's character, but I mean, again, that's he is probably the closest to the actual anime. In terms of his characterization, everybody else sort of has like a more. He's not as wacky as he is in the anime. Okay, his so lying down a little bit. Yeah, but like yeah, but his lying and his but in cowardice. That's, that's still on, but yeah. that changes as it goes along. Yeah, because yeah. his dream is to become a, a hero. A hero. He's yeah. going to be a real hero. But no, I loved Sanji and Zoro fighting side by side. Yeah, they're just their chemistry is fucking great in that scene, and I liked the um, Sanji. He goes. He goes and does his final move and he announces it. Oh, yeah, and yeah, he goes, yeah. He goes, you, everybody knows you announce your final move. And Zoro's yeah. line just... That running gag for the yeah. series. Just, what was Zoro. that? He says, always announce what Yeah, and Zoro's line of just, you're going to fit in just fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was liking that. I thought that was a nice, sweet little, ch- little touch there. It's a little... Because it starts right from the first episode, doesn't yeah, it? it does, when Leafy yeah. does the gum gum. Yeah. Gum gum pistols. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do love that when he blows up, he puffs himself up. And bounces the cannonball back. Yeah. And Cop's just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you think he'd be pissed off, but he was just like, that's hilarious. Yeah. The way that cliffhanger at the end of episode two just ends him going, Grandpa? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good, if you don't know that twist, that's like a good twist. And the fact he walks around wearing the frigging um, dog hat, hat on oh, his wait. head, the little garp. He walks around wearing the little pit bull dog hat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it never explains why. And you get the cat guy later. The guy who's got the whiskers and he has a little hoodie up with the yeah, cat ears on it. Yeah. No explanation of why. It's no. just, the show's weird by that point. You just accept it. Because I think that there is a cat woman who's later on in the series as well, isn't There's there? There's all sorts of weird shite in yeah. this show. The fish people. Yeah. It is meant to be like There's a, a skeleton man thing, isn't it? Like, it's meant to be a bit like Adventure Time. Just a weird adventure. It's yeah. just a weird fantasy world. Yeah. That um, Ichiro Huda probably should have finished years ago. Yeah. <laughs> he got carried away a little bit. I really like the last fight where he takes down the building to take down the main yeah. bad guy. But that guy's coming back, I reckon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Oh. But um, I also like the Seven Samurai. Like, one episode just becomes Seven Samurai, but kind of reluctantly. They're like, oh, you've got to, you've, you've come to help us. Don't take on the fishman. Everybody goes and dies. It's like, it's like a sequel to Seven Samurai if they failed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, don't go there. It's bad news, guys. Bad vibes. Don't do it. But yeah, no, all fun. I really liked it. I um, as I said, it's the first time I've watched anything One Piece, and it's not been 
incomprehensible ADHD nightmare fuel. Um, but yeah. Alright, cool. I guess my last review. And I saw this week's big release. Did now, you? you may think the end of a trilogy, they've run out of steam for stories to tell. But I'll tell you what, you are wrong. Because this film contains too many stories. And what film do you think I went to go see? This is the big release of this week. There this isn't is any films out a multi million dollar series of films. This might be the end of the trilogy, or there may be a sequel. No, Tom no. Hanks and Rita Wilson are involved in this. The Da Vinci Code. Rita Wilson's not in the Da Vinci Who's Code. Who's Rita Wilson? Rita Wilson's Tom Hanks' wife. Is she? I'm gonna, oh, I'm, is this the one they got COVID for? No. I'm going to name... Because they both went to Australia they both and got, went COVID, to Australia and got yeah. COVID. But I'm going to name someone. I want you to tell me the first film that comes to your mind, okay? Famous writer, director and producer Garth of a multi-million dollar franchise of films. The third one's out recently. I mean, like, literally Friday last week. Nia Vardalis. No idea. I don't know what you're talking about. That's right. It is the writer, producer, director and star... Of my big fat Greek wedding free. Oh. Is Tom Hanks in that? <laughs> no, he produces them. Oh, does he? Yeah. And so does his wife, Rhea Wilson. Um, so I went to go see <laughs> today, this day, September 9th, 10th, sorry, the, t- the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I went to go see my big fat Greek wedding free. Now, a little bit of backstory on this film and me. We've not had a great, great relationship, me and this film. And I'm talking about specifically the third film in this series. Now, the Odeon that I visit, and I am a member of for Limitless, so I can go see as many films as I want. They had a poster in the hallway that leads to the toilets of my big fat Greek wedding free. And this poster, when I tell you, no aspect of this poster is real. Everyone who is in this poster, regardless of how close to each other they appear... Doesn't matter, it's a sequel to my big fat Greek wedding. Shut up, man! This is important. This film is culturally important. Your mum's going to go see it. My mum doesn't know about these films. I think she knows about the first She will have seen the first It's her birthday Friday. We took her for dinner. It's not called my Greek big fat Greek wedding free, is it? Yeah. It's not... Because the second one... What's the second one called? My big fat Greek wedding two. I thought it was called my big fat Greek reunion or some shit. No. Anyway, so this movie, the poster for this drove me insane because it is... It is individual shots of people that are CGI, well, not CGI, but like photoshopped together to look like they are next to each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is just the fucking most mad. The more you look at it, the more you realize how weird it is that someone decided to make this. That's not the one. It's the wider poster is even weirder. They're not actually standing next to each other. That guy's face isn't on that body. No. And look at her hands. The book she's holding has been CGI'd into her hands. It's made one arm longer than the other. (laughs) It's weird. It is madness. It is pure. (laughs) It's so fucking weird. Look how long that arm is. She doesn't look like that now. She does. She actually, she looks great. That's, that's... The whole thing was that she was chubby. No, no, that was the first one. She had a makeover. Oh. Yeah, and then she was pretty for the wedding. Oh. Um, so anyway, so My Big Fat Greek Wedding free starts much like that poster with the most frustrating way a film can start. A collection of stills presented to us like photographs on a wall that is 
completely a facade wall. It's not in anyone's house. Oh. It's not a real wall anywhere. It's not thematically involved in the story in any way, shape or form. It is a fake wall that we see pictures hanging on. Oh, it's got Joey Fatone from... Pre- it I does have Joey Fatone in it! I'm going to get to Joey Fatone. Shut up. <laughs> Stop ruining my review. <laughs> so, they uh, imagine this, right? We don't have the titles yet. We're seeing pictures on a wall. And are these pictures pictures they've taken of the cast to look like actual pictures? Or, Anne, are they still images from the previous movies? They have pretended to pictures of the cast as their family members. Yeah, that's how photos happen in films. <laughs> it's so, so obviously not thought out or considered in any way, shape or form, but it is done. And that is frustrating to me. Yeah. And that's only the start of the frustration. It always bothers me in Star Trek when they show stuff that's happened. Yeah, that's happening like screen. And it's on a screen. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah, don't you like... How did you get that angle? Yeah, but like, surely there's cameras on the ships. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, My Big Fat Greek Wedding Free is the story of Nia Vardilis's character um, having... Pardon? Tula. Tula. Having to um, track down her... Stop reading the IMDb. (laughs) Having to track down her father's friends, because her father has sadly passed away, and to give them a journal that was her dad's journal. And it's basically just his life story. It's like this thing he's been doing for a very long time. Right? That's the story. book that she's got in the poster. That's the book that she's got... Someone else is holding that has been photoshopped into her hands. Yeah. Given her the One Piece powers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, my big fat Greek life. That's what I'm thinking of. There was oh, a that's TV a series. series. You're yeah. thinking of the series. And, yeah. and I'm gonna watch the series, right? Because I haven't seen the second movie. I've only seen the first movie. But she's got a different name in the series. Does she? Yeah, she's called Nia Portocolos instead of Tula Portocolos. I'm sure that's explained. Is it non-canon? Maybe it's non-canon. Yeah. Anyway, so that's besides the point. Maybe it's a prequel. Maybe mm. it's about her mother. Um, anyway, so um, so she goes to Greece. She goes to where her father grew up to go and go to this reunion where they're all going to get together and she's going to return the diary or she's going to give the diary to her dad's best friends, right? Yeah. Simple enough. Simple plot. Um, turns out the reunion's not actually happening. The mayor of the town that's essentially been evacuated by everyone because they are going for a horrible drought um, has f- has made this fake reunion to try and lure this family back so they can move to this island so they can... They can be part of this culture and this 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 group again, um, and and so it's now up to Tula to actually get those people there, get the get the friends there, so she can hand over the diary. Meanwhile, there is a bunch of other shit that happens that is completely non like just doesn't need to happen. It's it doesn't matter. You're there to watch the pe- your your old friends. It's essentially like, like a Mama travel Mia blog. By four different people, that yeah. it's meant to have a narrative, but has no narrative. There's a, there's a, there's like a, an un, like there's a story where the daughter is like struggling with something, and she's like been dating people, and it hasn't worked out, and she gets there, and she has instant chemistry with this woman, and she like she's given this necklace, and she's very perked up when she's in the presence of this woman, but every time she's on scenes with who's meant to be her romantic interest, zero chemistry. And then they all go to a bar together and she's like trying to find time to talk to this woman. And then it turns out the woman has a boyfriend and she's not like immediately like she doesn't just disappear and it seems like a flippant thing. She seems genuinely disappointed this girl isn't interested in women and like isn't like, you know, isn't available. 
And, like, you keep getting these tidbits that she's gay or, like, there's something going on there. And at the end, she's just like, oh, fuck it, I'll just be with this guy that I've had no chemistry with the entire movie. It's perfect. We barely shared a scene together. It felt almost as jarring as... That's what these films are like. It felt almost as jarring as the switch in in Little Shop of Horrors when you see the two versions compared. What's that other film that's got a sequel? Um, The First Wives Club, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a a sequel coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of them films for your for your mum's to watch. It's like the best marigold hotel. It doesn't need a, it doesn't need a good marigold. plot. It doesn't need an excuse for anything to happen. Well, this is the thing. They're this just, is this is what's most frustrating. Just want right? to hang out with their old friends. Nia Vardilis's story, Tula's story mm. in the plot, is solved by John Corbett accidentally. And Ronnie no, Corbett, pun? No, John Cor- Corbett, oh. the guy the guy who plays a husband in these oh, films. Right. What's his hus- husband's name? John Corbett. Because they changed his name in the TV show as well. Did they? Yeah, yeah. For no reason, they John. just changed their name. Let's just call him John. He's called Ian in the TV He's show. called Ian. <laughs> anyway, so he he has a subplot in this film. There's so many subplots. He has a subplot in this film where he he is going to the beach and there's a guy who lives in a shack by the beach who's a monk. And he like chats to this guy. They both... like. He knows a little bit of Greek. The guy knows a little bit of English. And they have, like, nice little, very, like, it seems like very spiritual conversations. They just sit there. They don't just chat. And he, like, basically makes a friend. He seems like a really affable, nice guy. And, like, he comes he comes to Tula at, like, the last act of the film. And she's like, I can't find my dad's friends and everything's bad. No one's tried Google, by the way. <laughs> no one's looked at a phone. Oh, they don't have that in Greece. <laughs> no one's looked at a phone except to call Joey Fatone at one point. <laughs> But he's busy doing practical no, jokes. He jumps on a boat and he goes and finds some people. But anyway, that's besides the point. That's besides the point. So John Corbett turns up in a scene an hour odd into this movie and goes to her like, oh, my monk friend on the beach gave me this bit of paper. I think it's a recipe. And he hands it to her and she goes, these are the exact people I've been looking for and where they live now. And I was like, John Corbett, this whole film she's been talking about these friends. She's named them multiple times. And you've been given a list of names and you thought that was a recipe. You didn't... Your brain didn't connect these two things. He's a fucking moron. Um, Anyway, sorry. So anyway, this film's very racist, by the way. And I think it's racist about Greek people in ways I didn't know were actual racial stereotypes. Maybe you just don't understand. Maybe I don't get it. Maybe I don't get it because I'm not Greek. How hairy is Joe Fatone in this? (laughs) He's very hairy. Yeah. He's got big hairy shoulders and everything. Do you remember when Joey... No, you don't watch it. Joey Fatone Fatone did an episode of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell where the devil, where the guy played... They got Joey Fatone, star of my big... Basically, one of the demons demons can't find a jacket for like a new pop star. So he just steals a Joey Fatone jacket from like a pop museum and puts it on. And he like... He basically sings about fucking this 12-year-old girl in front of her schoolmates. Because, like, it would seem cool if you have sex with guys. Everyone loves sluts like that. And he goes back later and just like, you came to my school and made it seem like I was being molested by a guy I didn't know. And now Joey Fatone, a guy I don't know, is going to prison for being a pedophile. And it's amazing because they get him in and he sings a love song to a girl. It's Joey Fatone. We're one of the biggest bands in the world. This film broke my brain. And Oh, okay, right. So Nia Vardalis Vardalis um Tula ends up getting everyone together and in this final scene, this whole build up but by the way, there's two final scenes. There's two finales to this. Yeah, it's like Lord of the Rings. It's yeah. epic. So basically they decide that 
they're not going to have the, the the reunion's not going to work. The people just aren't going to turn up because there's just no way they can do it. It just can't happen. Yeah. It's impossible. You know, there's no way they can do it. They can't find these people, but they have decided to have a wedding for two young people that are very much in love. This is the girl. She's a Syrian refu- refugee. She's in love with a Greek boy. The dad doesn't. He's like, hey, no, you can't marry a Syrian. You've got to marry a good Greek girl. And then he's like, oh, actually, I don't give a fuck. She's pretty good looking. Just do it. Just get married. And they decide to have a wedding on the same day as the reunion is meant to be happening. And they have this like nice little... And you're like, oh, I see. It doesn't matter that they couldn't get the people there. It's the family they have there already. It's yeah. the people they've got but in their But then they get already. the people there. But then the other people turn up anyway. Yeah. And then... In, like so, Aaron, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you Sounds if you predictable, that. if you were gonna have a scene in which the main character accomplishes her goal and gets to hand the diary over to the friends of her father, would you have the friends of her father say anything, have any emotional resonance or reaction to the well, diary? Ideally, I'd have them just stare blankly forwards <laughs> and um, not say a word. Maybe not. Because you've you've hired the oh my guest God, appearance. Add, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Because um, these these three actors are probably going would to you, be guest actors. Would you have them say? And they cost too much to say. Would anything. you have them say anything in any of the scenes they're in? No, because um, you just you have pay them as extras. Would you have them just nod? Yeah. Yeah. So guess what? The three people, the driving force of this film, the one thing she set out to do and accomplish. Yeah. And they. In a fucking... The weirdest scene I've ever seen in a film, she hands them the diary and they stare blankly at her as she speaks, but we don't hear the, the dialogue. It's voiceover. She doesn't have any voiceover. There's just music playing. She it's just hands thoughts. them the diary and they go like this. They just nod and smile. Mm. It's because they were created by AI. It is fucking insane. It's fucking insane, and So anyway, so this movie's weird. Like, but here's the thing: if you're if you're just coming from a vegan fair in in town, and you want to sit down in an air conditioned cinema on a very hot day, you are gonna love taking a trip to Greece with a cast of my big fat Greek wedding free. Um, there is there are genuinely good storylines in this, which is the other terrifying thing. There are like really well written bits of dialogue. There are like really interesting character moments. But they're all overshadowed by, like, this pointless filler shit. There's an incest subplot. Sweet. So she keeps seeing this guy, and she's like, I keep seeing this handsome Greek guy everywhere. And John Corbett's like, wait, what do you mean, handsome Greek guy? And she's like, I just kept seeing him in places. And then she sees him in town. And then about 45 minutes into the film, he turns up to this family dinner, and she's staring at him like, he's staring at me like he he really likes me. I feel like we've got, like, we're attracted to each other. And John Corbett's sitting right next to him, and he's like, what did you... Wait, oh, so this is the guy that you said is really handsome. She's like, yeah, 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 he's he's really handsome. He's really nice. I, I'm genuinely very attracted to him. And then the woman that they've, like, been living with and has been helping them with this reunion shit turns around and goes, this is my son, your half-brother. And she's like, oh. And yeah. I was like, I was like, why do uh, they need an incest subplot? That's wacky. Why do they need an incest subplot, Ant? And why does it need well, to be because incest? Because a big influence on the film was Old Boy. Why does there need to be incest? <laughs> so anyway, sorry. So so there are two actually you good stories. Watch my big fat Greek locked up in a room for fourteen <laughs> my big years. Fat Greek human centipede. <laughs> well, she gets locked up in a room for fourteen years um, between <laughs> my big first and fat second Greek one. Serbian film. <laughs> yeah, and then she learns kung fu karate. Yeah, 
and stuff, and then goes looking for a door. That's what the plot of the second film. That's was. the plot of the second film. Yeah, that's why she's skinnier in this one. Yeah, because she's lost all the weight doing the kung fu. And yeah, eating wontons. Yeah, the bit where she beats up all the guys in the hallway yeah. is pretty yeah, awesome. With a hammer and cuts the teeth out. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So um. So okay. So I'm. I'm. It's not all negative. This film made me lose my mind. The poster made me lose. It's a bit like Hellraiser. This is the Lament configuration. Lament configuration. Lament configuration. Which Hellraiser? One and three and this room rem- and two and the, the remake. One, two and three are good. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's it's all of them combined. Oh. To look upon I thought them, more like Hellraiser. To look upon them as madness. Hellworld. You're inviting oh. you're inviting demons in to show you such yeah. pleasures. I just want to hang out with Doug Bradley. <laughs> it just him in his World War Two costume. And all the Star Trek actors that are in those films. How many? Um, well, the first Four. one's got um, the guy who plays Garak. He's the dad. Yeah. Um, and he's also in the second one, briefly. Yeah. Um, and the third one's got um, old What's-Her-Face who played Jadzia Dax. She's the main character in that. Yeah, she is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's in the fourth one? Inferno? <laughs> oh, it was uh, Adam Scott. Yeah. <laughs> he's also in Star Trek. Henry Cavill's in one of them as well. He's in the eighth one. Yeah. Or the seventh is it Hellworld? One? I think it might be Hellworld. Yeah, the one with the video game. Yeah. I know too much about Hellraiser films. We should talk about the Puppet Master movies. I've seen all of those and the Killjoy series. Um, anyway, so um, so there are two good plot lines in this. Mm. Um, one is Nia Vardilla's trying to work out, you know, who she is and what it means to be Greek and whether or not, you know, family. She hasn't figured that out yet. She has fucking three. Like she's just doing two the films whole, in the TV show. She's doing the normal stuff, like what it means to be the Greek head of a family. And, mm. You know, if she's going to take over because she's, she's old as shit now. Well, no, because they've lost their dad. Yeah. Their mum has in dementia. The, the mum has dementia, yeah. so she's like struggling to really be part of the family in the same way that she used to be. She doesn't really keep everybody together the same way that she did. And a lot of this film, the theme is like family is how immigration, family. like immigrants and their culture survive because they're close knit. They're groups. They like to stay together. And they, this one's set in Greece, though, right? This one is set in Greece. So they, they got a holiday out of it. Good. Yeah, they got a holiday yeah. out of it. It's like a bit like that blend. Bit like an Adam Sandler. Bit film. like the yeah. blender film. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's her story, and that's like kind of interesting because it is her accepting the responsibility of keeping this family like somewhat together and keeping those traditions alive because. They do run a restaurant together. It is important that they like have these like cultural moments. That they keep keep trying to keep alive because it is important to them. And then the brother is struggling with on the other side of that. He's struggling with he is basically um, the dad in his diary. And, and when he spoke to them when they were kids, kept talking about this tree. It was like the oldest tree in the village he grew up in. He would go and he'd sit under the tree and he'd dream. And he loved whiling away those hours, mm. dreaming under this tree, just sitting there and imagining the world beyond Fuck the sea. Job. And so he has got one of those little like seed things. He's got like a an olive tree mm. that you put ashes in, you bury it, and it grows into a tree with the ashes of someone that's passed. And he's smuggled the dad's ashes over so that he can bury him in this little container with like these olive seeds so that he can grow into a tree. And he can forever dream in the spot that he loved to be when he was a kid. Beautiful sentiment. Like a genuinely touching idea. And a lot of the film, he's asking people, like, how do I find out what the oldest tree is? How do I find the oldest tree in the island? Does anyone know where this tree is my dad told me about? And he's like, there's like a very funny scene where, like, the old matriarch of the family, like the aunt, who doesn't want to be the head of the household, but she, like, carries a lot of the knowledge of the family. She, like, says... The way to find out is you like take a certain height, it's chest height, and then you do width and that, like you work it out by that. And it's like hornetology, and they say, oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a Greek word. I think it's Or Google oldest tree hornetology. in the village. <laughs> they don't use computers, Anne. Oh. They never use Do they computers. not try texting the people? They, they never try texting anyone. Oh. Yeah. 
There is a scene where Joey Fatone and his his cousin or partner or whoever she's meant to be pretend to be psychopaths in no, a supermarket. They 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 have like a montage of them riding oh. on boats to try and find the other family members to bring them to the reunion. They take them on boat tours and then partway yeah. through the boat tour they go. By the way, I have no idea how to drive this boat. Yeah. And the guy in the says, "Now tell them that you also got away with murder recently." Yeah, yeah, I got away with murder recently. And now also tell them that you're speaking to yourself. You're on the wrong set and you've got an olive in your ear. I'm speaking to my. Oh, here's an olive. Yeah, you got to go there. I'm losing my mind. Impractical jokers, man. So, um, but yeah, like, there's like subplots about Ukrainian refugees, Syrian refugees. There's loads of. It's just overly stuffed with nonsense and there's no focus. You could have made a really good film about him, like, the brother and sister going to the island, not the new brother that she wants to mm. fuck, but like the brother from the other films. She's both married. Of, both of them going to an island together, the dad's island. And trying to find the people that are doing the reunion for. And then at the end, you get all the cast from the other films in. like, But you just make it like a personal journey for these two people finding their way in the mm. world after they've lost their father. And Wait, is there a wedding? No. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, there is okay. a wedding. But like, it's, it's like there is a really intimate and, and beautiful story about two people dealing with grief. And dealing with like the restructuring of their families and how that affects them and what they need to do. And like... You could tell a really intimate, really good story, and it was a beautiful location. It's all proper sets. There's only a few really shit CGI moments, and they are terrible, and they all look like crap, and like they're That's really poorly the done. Probably, but like the the actual scenes and the locations are beautiful. And the use two, the volume set to recreate the Greece. two <laughs> actors that play those characters, Neil Vardellis and the guy who plays her brother, are both incredible. Like he's played mostly as a joke character, but when he actually talks to people. He like he is f- fucking phenomenal. Like there's this ongoing joke, like the old lady that lives on the island, the one who 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 had sex with their dad before he got together with their mum, and oh. that's where the half brothers come from. Like she she is basically she's this grumpy old miserable bitch, and like he doesn't want to talk to her, and like people keep saying to him, like if you want to find out the oldest tree on the island, why don't you just ask this woman? And he's like, nope. That's all he says. He doesn't say anything else. He's like, nah. And then she walks off out of scene. I'm like, this is great. It's funny every time he does it, and like. And and just just that's great. That's fine. Fantastic. Have him go on this journey. And there are, he had an affair with her. Yeah, but no. There's like great shots of like them like actually in place. And then they've got weird choices to do this whole subplot about unlocking a fountain that's been blocked by a landslide. Oh, mystery! All this other shit. Like it's just it all becomes so stuffed with nonsense. Was oh, this the only one out of the three she directed? Hmm. No, she directed the first one. No, no, she only directed I Hate Valentine's Day and My Big Fat Greek Wedding Free. I thought she directed the first one as well. No, no. Scandalous. Absolutely scandalous. I was lied, Neil I want my money back. No, um, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone goes to see this unless it is one of the hottest days of the year and you need air conditioning. Or you're a fan of the series. I'm sure if you're a fan of the series and the TV show and all the other shit, you'd love this. But for me, they're just... It was overstuffed, bloated nonsense that made near to no real... No real reason for any of it to exist. Like, there were, like, really funny jokes about... Like, so there's a scene where they're, like, driving to the island where the dad grew up. How do you drive to an island? They're driving to the ferry to take them to the island. So they're driving through Greece. And they're going past Athens. And the character goes... Oh, can we go past Athens? And the person in the who's driving the car goes, <laughs> no. And so you don't see any of them in Athens. You don't see any, you just see a car they going past Athens. And then they go past the Olympic Stadium and they go, Can we get out and go see the Olympic Stadium? He goes, Haha, no. 
Now, the guy who directed the first film was called Jerry Zwick, right? Yeah. And he also directed two episodes of the 2015 Richie Rich show. <gasps> there was a 2015 Richie Rich show. <laughs> there was something after Macaulay Culkin's but classic. Even better than that, he directed six episodes of The Sweet Life on Deck, uh, which was the spin-off series of Sweet Life and Zack and Cody. I never watched any of this. Yeah. I don't know what any um, of this is. Uh, he directed a lot. Oh my god, he directed the Fat Albert film. <gasps> <gasps> was that the one with uh, with Kevin? No, uh, yeah, one of the Keen, um, yeah, the, uh, the Keen, Good Burger Keenan, kids. Keenan, Keenan Thompson. Ke- yeah, Keenan Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one he's probably the one he people keep saying is dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Kel. Oh, yeah. they're both alive though because they're both doing Good Burger too. Yeah, which looks amazing. Um, so, my big fat Greek wedding free. Um, I, uh, uh, as we were leaving, so that's really the film that you're making is the major. As we were leaving, <laughs> as we were leaving, yeah. Liv said, "I give that a two out of five. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just like the Guardian's review of the Craze film. Yeah. Well, Do you remember that one where they got the poster of all the five out of five, four out of five, four out of five, and then between the two picture of Tom Hardy, yeah, um, they put two stars." But because their heads are in the way, yeah, it implies it, yeah. there's four stars. Great, but it was a two star review. Classic move, guys. Classic move. Um, I I don't know if I'm so positive about this as it was. Look, if you're like I said, if it's the one of the hottest days of the year and you want some aircon, there are worse ways to get it. Being in a movie theater for two hours, getting to see some trailers, and getting to watch a movie about a bunch of Greek people having a holiday, it could be worse. Um, just, you know, don't expect it to actually go anywhere or do anything. And if you think that there's something that it's leading towards, assume that they got rid of that and reshoots or something. <laughs> Cause it was really frustrating to see that girl get with a guy she had no chemistry with. It was like, because the whole film was clearly leading towards something That's else. That's just life, man. No, but you know, like, you know, when the whole film is thematically... They can't all be Grimes and Elon Musk, you know? Uh, America's lovebirds. <laughs> Have you ever read the story about Grimes' boat trip? Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. We'll review that next episode. That How far did they get? Not very. <laughs> Same, didn't it? Multiple times. <laughs> what did they make it out of? Sheds and shit. It was yeah. like... But she read Huckleberry. Well, she had a copy of Huckleberry yeah, Finn. She and she really it. liked the idea yeah. of sailing down a river... Because that's the that lesson. Guy? Uh, I don't know. Heroin. <laughs> no, he's. Um, <laughs> he's I was going to make a joke about he's the music producer that abused Kesha. No, maybe <laughs> Doctor Luke. Um, yeah. fucking, no. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? I'm going to Google him and find out. Scooter Braun. Yeah. <laughs> he looks, He other, sounds like a scooter. Yeah, one of the other terrible music producers. All of them are terrible. Who cares? Um, but yeah, it's. It, William Gratz. I honestly, I recommend people <laughs> look at the poster and just get it up on like a TV and just try and try and spot how many weird Photoshop elements you can because there's at least fifty that I've seen just staring at it near the Odeon. It's it's madness. It's all madness. Like the first film was a very simple story and then it's become this. Um, I'm going to give this a David Spade. It's not terrible. Like, there are elements I enjoyed, but... Oh, there was one joke I really laughed at. And it was John Corbett pipes up when they're talking about the wedding between the Syrian lady and the Greek boy. And uh, and John Corbett goes, Hey, 
you got married to a non-Greek person. That turned out fine. And then <coughs> one of the one of the family members, not Neovardilis, because that'd be mean, but one of the family members goes, she goes, did it? <laughs> and I burst out laughing. I was like, that's so well timed and so well done. Fantastic. Great. So now you're just waiting for them to bring on Mamma Mia Free, are you? Just want Mamma Mia Free. Mamma Mia Free. <laughs> Meryl Streep still dead. Mm. They're going to do um, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel Free. Yeah, it's the third Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Yeah. They're, really They're going to burn the worst that one ones. down as well. Yeah. Dev Patel still doing an Indian accent. Judy Dench just does adverts now, doesn't she, pretty much? For car insurance, yeah. Yeah. Because she can do it from her house. Yeah. She's, probably, she's basically she's blind, blind, isn't she? Yeah. Maybe she could play um, Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking awesome. Um, all right, that's been episode two. That's time they hired a blind actor to play Daredevil. <laughs> the man who, he can't see. Except for used to be how he can see better than everyone. See. You remain a light on the dark side of me. And life remains. You done? Yeah. See you all kiss from a rose. Yeah. 19. Someone's on. Anything you're looking, to, uh, looking forward to, Anne? Anything upcoming that you're going to be going to be doing or seeing no you saw Blue Beetle how'd you find that yeah I reviewed that last week have you uh, watched TMNT yet no I'll get around to it I've got a couple of days off yeah got Tuesday and Wednesday off I can watch Woo! something what's on Wednesday work my birthday oh yeah it's my birthday yeah I'm turning 45 it's Paul's birthday this week as well is it yeah I don't do know, you know what who else do you know who else's birthday is on Wednesday huh do you know who else's birthday is on Wednesday? Um, Billy Bragg. No, Don Bluth. Don Bluth. Oh, Don Bluth is, he... is, the, is the same day as me and oh. same age. Oh, yeah. 57. Yeah. I think I share my... Do I share my birthday with some things? I'm sure I do. I had a thing when I was a kid that was all like special people born on June 8th, but then it spread out to like... Special people? It was like historic things that happened on June 8th. It was oh, like yeah, cool. news and people who Wait, were born. June 8th's your birthday? Yeah. But um, but then like I think they ran out of interest in stuff, and it just sort of vaguely went about June in general. I think basically they printed these things off, and they just put the same. They just changed the date at the top. Okay, here's here's something that you can go see. There's a new Poirot film. Oh, sweet! You love Poirot. They're churning them out now, aren't yeah, they? You love Fucking, Poirot. Uh, did Murder on the Orient Express? So this the one boy must and be the Heron review. Um. The boy in the air? No, I'm focusing on Poirot. All right. So what the, the nun two? None of your business. The nun two? None thing you. but trouble? Yeah. Yeah. The nun two? Yeah. None in the oven? None harder. <laughs> no, none in the oven. Wow. But, none but. two? None of your business. Yeah. None two? Yeah. Good jokes. Yeah. 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 None two? No. I'm sure there's actually something out in the cinema in the next few weeks. Baker's Nozzin. I need to <laughs> see. Where's the Marvels at? <laughs> Baker's Nozzin. That's even worse. It's terrible. Yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> You're laughing still. Anyway, all right, okay, so yeah, Marvels 2 is uh, September 29th or oh. October 12th. I can't remember which. 
Um, no, no, there's not much coming out. I don't think there's much. Oh, Saw. Saw's September oh, yeah, 29th. Yeah. I haven't seen Spiral. <laughs> From the book of Saw? Yeah. You don't really need to. It's not very good. Oh. Um, none too. I've got none thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a comedic genius, aren't you? <laughs> you know that article that went around saying none that too. Martin, Martin Short's not really funny? None Maybe it's too. actually meant to be about you. None too. Yeah. Absolute nonsense. Yeah. You haven't done Electric Boogaloo yet. None too! Electric Nunaloo? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Always defeating me, Nunaloo. <laughs> okay? No. no! This movie broke me! Why did I go see the Big Fat Greek Wedding Friends? I could have seen Equalizer 2. 3. What now? Equalizer Freeze out now. The third one? That's, that's the one that's out now. Which apparently is better than the second one. Really? Yeah. I mean, that would be getting hard. decent reviews. Did you see the second one? No. <laughs> I watched The Equalizer when it was on TV, the TV show. Oh, the one with... Uh... Edward Woodward. Oh, no, not the Queen Latifah one. There's a Queen Latifah Equalizer series. I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> not one bit. <laughs> I remember Taxi Driver, her version of Taxi Driver. <coughs> no, that taxi, was taxi. taxi. Yeah, but you know. The French movie. But there was a TV, was there a TV show? No, there wasn't. There was a French movie yeah. called Taxi, directed by Louis Latifier. Latifier. And then they made a seat. No, they made an American, American remake. remake with Jimmy Fallon and Queen yeah. Latifah. Jimmy Fallon, such a treasure. It's worse than eight. You see... Martin Short saying that there's on Jimmy Fallon show and he's like look Jimmy I want to tell you the reason why I like coming here is because there's no host in talk show world who's quite as good at being phony as you are he's quite good at faking enthusiasm <laughs> you are the best at it <laughs> so apparently he's a right cunt Jimmy yeah, Fallon yeah although you know when you're a talentless hack you've got to be a cunt right yeah Conan though Conan's pretty cool Conan's pretty great yeah Conan and Harrison Ford's interview that went viral recently because the uh, note section of his book had Han Solo written on it he's like, he's like do you do a lot of research in these reviews he goes yeah yeah I do and then Harrison Ford goes yeah I can see you've written Han Solo in your notes though I haven't seen a Star Wars <laughs> fucking liar absolutely amazing um Oh god, this uh, genuinely I think I think I might need to watch the rest of the Greek And a TV show. T V show shit as well. Yeah. Seven episodes. Get yeah, I think, no, there, was, there was another season. No, there's only seven episodes. I don't I think this might be one of those T V shows where they made another season, it just didn't ever get aired. No, no, it got cancelled really quickly. Oh really? I was reading the Wikipedia page. Oh okay. <laughs> What was the what was the series that was like completely done and they've canned it recently? There was something like Disney Channel. Or oh yes, like um, not was it Secret Moonaker? It was one of them. Yeah, like a proper, and it was meant to be really good. It was the one that was based on one of the films that's happened before, wasn't it? Bridge Spiderwick Chronicles. No, maybe like, Spiderwick Chronicles. Yeah, Spiderwick Chronicles. But yeah, like there was like something where there was like a lot of fucking proper buzz about it, and like it's just been scrapped. It was completely shot. Like someone yeah. someone put on their IMDb that they were in it, and it's just like. Never to be released. Like the Batgirl movie, which I have seen Shut footage of. You keep saying that. 
Anyway, you can find Ant at Mellow Gaming on YouTube. You can find him as Ant Bots Collection on YouTube. You can also find him at Mellow Gaming on YouTube and LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter and Wild Will's Hat on Twitter. How many? How's that going? You got like a fan base, don't you? You love Transformers. I'm a celebrity. Can't help it. Yeah. I'm an influencer. Yeah. And you can find me at Critapocalypse everywhere. Um, I mean, I should really be concentrating on my Transformers YouTube channel because you I make one video every few months and it gets three times the views of my games channel and it's only got 67 subscribers. You've got so many Transformers as well. Yeah, I could get at least 300 videos out of these. Yeah, you can <laughs> just, just start churning them out like yeah. butter. Should we um, Sandstorm? Available at Target for only twenty nine ninety nine. Not available anymore. Freaking difficult to get hold of now. So it'd just be you showing off shit that other people can't have. Yeah, that's, I mean that's why you make reviews on the internet. Isn't it? To be fair, perfect. That's what every fucking retro gaming channel is. Yeah, I mean I did a video about Castlevania Symphony of Night. That game's like four hundred quid. Yep. I need to go pick up my uh, Game Boy games from my parents' house. So I was talking to my mum about this on Friday. Yeah, and she said she flushed them down the toilet. <laughs> no, there's just like a ton of shit in our loft that's like old stuff that I used to have. I've got my copy of Ninja Gaiden, New Resident Evil Gaiden up there. Yeah. And that's worth like 150 quid now. Yeah. Just for the car. I was like... Oh. We've got a copy of Dr. Franken at work. Really? Yeah, and Hunchback. Oh. Classic. Terrible. Yeah. I have a I have a, re- a reproduction cut of Kid Dracula. Do you want to try and pass it off as an original? Someone brought in a fake um, Pokemon the other day. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, as soon as I picked it up, I was like, this feels wrong. And then opened it up and the cartridge was like half the size it should be. And the the, the cartridge chipboard was stuck onto the inside. You couldn't what, remove it. What, what? Wait, what Pokemon game was it a knockoff of? Pokemon Silver. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, because um, we have to open the cartridges to make sure. Yeah. Pokemon Silver's getting... All the Pokemon games get knocked off. I've had, I've had a fake Pokemon. No, no, but freaking... like, are they expensive? Do you get a lot of money for that shit? No, you won't, well, you won't get anything from me. No, no, but I mean, like, I mean, like, if it was a real version of that game. How oh, much? Pokemon Silver's expensive. Really? How much? Yeah, like a box copy's like a hundred and something quid. How much for just the cart? Um, like sixty, seventy, something like that. Oh, all right, I've got to go get um, games. We had a fake copy of Pokemon Soul Silver a while ago. Really? Do you know how the DS cart just had the little infrared bit on the top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was missing that. Oh, yeah. Huh. So they're doing fake DS cartridges now. Well, yeah, but they've been doing that for ages because those um, they're just SD card holders, aren't they? Yeah. Um, all right. As always, um, I guess all the Tories are just fucking horrible monsters. Oh, no, let's trust Scott book out soon. Yeah. They're just all fucking horrible monsters. And I mean, like, come on. Who, who's... who's Oh, Danny Masterson's a rapist. He's going away for 30 years. Yay! That guy can fuck right off. And that woman, that eight passengers woman, did you hear about that woman who was binding her kids' arms and legs and, like, tying rope around them? She was, like, doing a mummy vlog. She was, like, a right-winger. Oh, was that a TikTok person or something? Uh, No, she was, like, a YouTube person. But she tied her kids up in the basement and stopped them having food. And one of them managed to escape. And he had, like, wounds around his fucking arms where his arms were taped together and his rope around his chest and shit. Like, it was fucked up. But she, like, had, like, a mummy video thingy online. But it was in the basement of her friend who was making content with her. Yeah. So it wasn't even her house he escaped from. They're all messed up. Like, all these influences. What the fuck is that? But they're all like religious people, aren't they, over in the US? But yeah, she was one of those people that did... There was that um, TikToker recently who killed her mum's boyfriend. What the fuck? Yeah, that was like last week she went to jail. Colleen (laughs) Palladio. 
Did you do a ukulele song from prison to apologise? There's a bit in, in, in Quinton Review's new Sam and Cat video. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious oh, nice. that. It's, it's like five hours long though, man. Six, six and six. I don't have time. time. I watched I, it all. I don't have time. And he only reviews five episodes of the show in this one. Oh my God. Because <laughs> it's, it's almost 90% intermission. Have you seen the Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis apology video for Danny Masterson? Because they wrote letters to I say... I didn't watch it. I couldn't be bothered. Oh, they wrote letters to say, like, oh, he's a great guy. I've done guy. a very good job of not watching stuff with Ashton Kutcher in it. Kurtwood Smith wrote a letter saying Danny Marston's a stand-up guy. That guy's a bad guy. I've seen Robocop. Mm. You don't agree with that guy. Yeah, Robocop was right to kill him. Yeah. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm bloody Jesus. I'm bloody Jesus with a gun. No. None too. None with a gun. Can, can I press the... Can I stop it now? None too. Nuns have never... <laughs> none too. Janie got a nun. Do you remember Nuns on the Run? That was yes, I do! None too, Nuns on the Run. Nuns on the Run's good. I like the bit where with there's all Griff, the naked girls Griff, in it. Reese Jones? No, what's yeah, his it's, name? Um, Eric Idle and um, Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, oh, fuck, it was Robbie yeah. Coltrane. I thought it was um, not Hale and Pace, but there was the other two, wasn't it? Griff and... Well, Griff and Jones. Griff and Jones. Yeah, Griff, yeah. Jones and um, Smith and Jones. Smith and Jones. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, I thought it was those no, he two. Died. Yeah, no. They um, both died. Well, no. Well, it's, Griff's um, alive, isn't he? No, nah, friggin' Smith. What's his name? He, he died. died. Yeah. God. But, um, no, nah, he, he, was, he was a good director. And people don't give him enough credit for that. Yeah. Can't remember his fucking first name now. But yeah, none's on the run. Yeah. Underrated film. Underrated. No, Did said, you say that? No, I said underrated. Oh, it was less can, fun the way you said it. Yeah, but, none um, too. None there's a good underrated. amount of fe- feminine nudity in it, so that's good. None too. So when, you were t- when you were a young kid. L- none too, Ant. Mm. Lack of an understanding. Do you remember Billy Piper's mum in Doctor Who? Yeah. She's in it. She was also in Carry On. Yeah. She was in a Carry On film. Was she? One of the later ones. Probably Carry On Screw um, Columbus. Maybe. Which is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, but do you know, like, did you know the Ealing Studios were trying to do like they were trying to do a comedy of something that I recently was watching something about. What was it? They like in the seventies they tried to do a comedy. It was like a big adaptation of something. It was like an American. They did a lot of comedies. Ealing Studios was famous. No, for I know, I know, I know. But this was like this was like something that was released recently, like a remake of it. Mm. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it's the new Polanski film or something. Did you, have you seen people be like, Roman Polanski and Woody Allen are doing good films? And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. They're rapists. They're fucking, they're pedos. Literally. Oh, there you go. Roman Polanski and Woody Allen are both pedophiles. They're fucking pedos. So is Jimmy Page. I don't give a shit who he's married. He fucking, he's a rapist. He fucked a 13 year old. And Sean Penn is a fucking molesting sex offender weirdo. Fucking, all these people were scumbags. He beat up Madonna. He did. He locked her in a locked her up he to a fucking. beat up Madonna. And look at fucking Mel Gibson, fucking scumbag anti-Semite fucking mm. cunt. Because his dad was part of that weird church in Australia as well. He's a fucking cunt as well. What is it with people being cunts? Mm. But Chris Pratt, I think he's probably not as bad as people make out. Chris Pratt was I think part a bit of that overblowing stuff. Chris Pratt was part of the church that was recently a documentary about, and the reason that people like Hillsong Church. So that's linked to an Australian group that were like really homophobic and like they do conversion therapy. Mm. And the reason that Chris Pat seemed to be part of that is because of the preacher 
who turns out he was like cheating on his wife with a bunch of women. And like the documentaries about that is really good. There's a really good documentary about Hillsong on Netflix. It's like three episodes, but it's really a fucked up organization. All religious organizations are really fucking disgusting. Like as soon as you give these people power, in Church of America, they seem chill. They do seem pretty chill, but they haven't molested. They're just taking the piss. Yeah, like a lot of the American like fundamentalist church stuff, they're all fucked up, like Mormons and all this other shit. That's why that eight passengers thing. She's a Mormon. She was part of that movement where they were like, Chick-fil-A's anti-LGBTQ, so we're going to go put money on the counter. We're not going to order chicken sandwiches. We're just going to go put money on the counter. It's like, they can't do anything with that money. It's just going to go and lost and found. One of the one of the people working there will take that. And it won't be very godly of you to give them money, will it? It's, you want it to go to the business. Can I end the podcast yeah. now? They're all fucking rapists and scumbags. Bye. Time, you just everyone. say bye at the end of a thing. You know Rishi Shunak? Oh, my God. What's he up to? Scumbag, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Probably a, probably a molester. Bribes. Right? Probably a child molester, right? Just bribes. Just bribes? I think he just likes money. Mm. That's why he married a billionaire. He's tiny as well. Yeah, he's very small. <laughs> yeah. I could push him over. I could beat the living fuck out of that little gun. Mm. I'd kill him. <laughs> so quickly. Most children could. <laughs> Bye. What was that noise? It was you. Bye. Fun, Bye. Can I click the button now? <laughs> yeah, click it. Get rid of this nonsense. What are we doing? Delete. Bye. Start again. Free hour podcast from the beginning. Bye. Same energy, different time. Bye. Bye, everyone.